The award-winning California Sportsman is your source for the most current and accurate information on fishing California's lakes, streams, rivers, bays, and ocean. And we'll bring you the latest in hunting and outdoor opportunities, too. California Sportsman with Seb Hendrickson is brought to you by Fisherman's Warehouse Megastores in Sacramento, Manteca, and Fairfield. And is sponsored in part by Gone Fishing Marine in Dixon, your heavy-gauge aluminum boat headquarters. Lawrence Electronics, and the California Department of Boating and Waterways. And now to bring you the best in the outdoors, here's the host of California Sportsman, Seth Hendrickson. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to California Sportsman. It's Saturday, August 19th. It's warm outside, but it's going to get cooler. We have got action stacked up for you from the Pacific Ocean to the smallest of creeks to some of the ponds that are around. You'll hear all about it. We've got dove season getting ready to open up here in a couple of weeks. Preparation for that needs to be taken care of. Deer season's open in the A1. I don't know what anybody's doing. Heard nothing except about a crashed ATV from my buddy Travis Morgan. I'm sure he'll share more with that later on. Fishing action is starting to pop out there in the deep water. That's right. Albacore guys headed out and got into some action. It's not red hot by any means, but it's really starting to pop. And we've got a couple of the captains joining us today. One of them live in the studio, Ricky Acosta from Feeding Frenzy will be joining us. And we'll also check in with the Real Magic live on the water this morning. Well, I think they're live on the water this morning. We'll find out. And we've got Zach Medinas with Gatecrasher Fishing Adventures live in the studio this morning, too. He'll be sharing some info with you as well as listening close to what our friend Jay Rowan, the fisheries chief for the state of California from the California Department of Fish and Wildlife, will be live in the studio at this 7 o'clock hour. We'll be talking to him for at least a half hour about everything that's going on, what's, what direction we're going, what's going to be happening, big important fish and game commission meetings coming up where they're going to talk about sturgeon and the future of sturgeon, stripers, the future of stripers, and a whole lot more, I am certain. But we've got a show full, and we're going to get you started with a guy that lit up the action some time ago and just keeps it lit. Let's go live on the water right now and climb on board the California Dawn with one of the best in the West, Captain James Smith. Good morning, Captain. Hey, good morning, Seth. Tell me about it, boy. Where are you heading today? <laughs> I am headed offshore to this little piece of upwelling <clears throat> 51 miles from the dock. We're, uh, we're headed out to Rittenberg Bank. And uh, let me tell you, that place is the real deal. Closed over 20 years now. It's uh, it's a long boat ride for for most of the boats. Um, fortunately for me, this boat's pretty fast. So we're going to head up there and check out the uh, all the life on it. Pretty pretty exciting stuff. Seeing what's coming off those rocks. Well, I noticed when we were texting uh, yesterday or the day before, you said that's kind of a special trip. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's. It's been probably some of the best rock cod and lake cod fishing I've seen, like, ever. I had one of my best trips out there I think I've ever had, um, you know, close to a 20-pound average on lake cod, giant reds, big widows, big olives. I mean, everything out there is biting. It's The whole island chain's biting right now. The water's warm. It's spiked up to 61.4 yesterday. And uh, the rockfish and lake cod just get active. And this time of year, they're they're pretty active. You got all this nice weather, but we've been out there taking full advantage of uh, of a of a reef that's been virtually untouched for for 25 years. Well, I'll tell you that the monster that, fish on it. That big ling that the guy's holding in the middle. I even I fished a lings in Alaska. I've never caught one that size. That is a monster ling. Either that, or he's got super long arms. 
<laughs> no, he's cradling it like a baby. That's that's a true sign. You look, it's it's hard to it's hard to give uh, you know photos credit, you know, but they're uh, really been like just this average. This has been like, oh my god. Just about any one of these lingcods would have won the jackpot on any of my previous trips, and we've been getting a boatload of them. So pretty cool seeing all the new stuff. And I haven't fished two places in the same spot any day. It's just been every day has been kind of like a box of chocolate. Oh, I'll pop over here and check out this rock. Well, it's wide open. Well, we'll go over here and check out this rock. Well, it's wide open. So more of the same every day and gorgeous weather. Um, I even got my second Isman Rose sighting this week because, you know, you know, those bass guys, they like flat weather. Oh, yeah, very flat weather, as a matter of fact. (laughs) You know what? That is totally not true, and Sepp knows it. They're bu- they're bulletproof. I'll give them that. You know, I'm screaming. We're stupid. For, one of the three. I'm screaming for mercy. Are we going to fish in this wind and weather? Let's. Don't you think we ought to head in, Brown? No, no, not fine. at all. No, no. I got a I got a screen in front of me while we're doing seventy miles an hour. So did Ish hear about the twenty pound uh, lings and have to climb on board? Uh, Ish was part of the twenty pound lings. This is uh, his second trip. Usually, I don't get a couple couple of rock cod trips out of him. He, he loves those halibut, but. Uh, he had so much fun um, last weekend. He decided to come back out again and uh, and do it again. So are you out. are you catching any of those big ones on swim baits, or are they too deep? <laughs> you no, know, you know. As a matter of fact, I had an all swim bait trip on uh, Wednesday, sponsored by Phoenix and Optima Baits, and the guys crushed the big links. In fact, uh, most of the guys said it like it was the best link hot bite they'd ever seen. It wasn't like we're getting bit every cast. Everything the guys got was just quality, quality fish one after another. So good stuff out there. That's really pretty cool. good stuff on a swim bait. Yeah, they're, they're responding to swim bait. Trust me. <laughs> Can't, you would have a field day with a swim bait up here right now. Well, James, you've got a uh, heck of a task in front of you. It's making the decisions. You're, I know you're listening to the guys talking albacore. I know you're hoping for to hear guys talking about bluefin. What's going on out there for your runs? Well, you know, the albacore... Um, as far as where I'm at, Retina, Rittenberg, the guys were getting albacore two miles from where we're fishing rockfish. You may hear them clear, clear as day every day up here. Um, not big numbers, you know, not big numbers. The guy gets lucky, you know, they get on 14, 15 fish. There were some blanks up here this week, lots of one to five fish scores. Um, the bulk of the fish is obviously it's, it's up off Fort Bragg. It's north of us. But, you know, that big run could show up anytime. We got the water. We got the conditions. We got the chlorophyll. Um, I can tell you that there were some uh, pretty good numbers of bluefin taken off of Point Sur this week. Um, there was really significant numbers a couple days ago. And then uh, there was a few fish bluefin taken at the weather buoy. I know my buddy Justin on the Codfather got a giant yesterday. got a 250-pounder and uh, wiped them out. The guys were all done. They picked up their gear and just came in after laying on that big thing. A few fish up off of uh, up off of Fanny Shoal also. I have had a friend that, are, um, that were hooking a couple. Uh, there's only been one landing up here. There's no volume by any means. We don't see the foamers. I've seen a jumper this last week. We have the troll gear. I got my Mad Maxes, so I told the guys if we limit out early today, We'll do a pass over Fanny Shoals and see if we can't hook one. But uh, the numbers aren't here like last year. Not certainly not like they were in July. There was big numbers.
numbers here, but they uh, they all kind of vanished, and I think they took a took a trip down south. But we got that hurricane and pushing <laughs> things up this way. I think we're going to see some bluefin and big numbers here again before the season's over. I think you're right, James. And uh, as many albacore as I'm seeing being touched by people already, there's probably going to be a pretty decent albacore season for folks too. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. We have uh, El. It's shaping up for an El. You know, if you. If you have the the chart shots, you'll see just hot water everywhere outside of us, and and usually, you know, we see the peanuts, and then the big guys show up right behind them, and that's kind of when we've always had our benchmark seasons, like usually September, October. Here is usually great for albacore if they're in the neighborhood. So, fingers crossed. Stay tuned. Let's see what happens. But the guys out in the water definitely trying it. You know, taking advantage of each other and getting a few. Well, it sounds like you've got the best of all the worlds going right now. Hard making a decision whether to go left or right or straight, but I know you'll be on the fish one way or another. James, give them all the hookup info they need so they can get out there either on the Dawn 1 or the Dawn 2 and have some great action like we're talking about. Uh Uh-oh. James went bye-bye. Yeah, you hit one of those dead zones, I think, James. But if you'd like to get a hold of James, I've got the number in the top of my head, and I can't think of it right now. Get a hold of James Smith at the California Dawn. Just type it right in on your uh, search engine, and you'll get all the information you need from him right then and there. I wish I'd written down his cell phone number for the reservations, but I'm too stupid to do that. James, have a great day on the water. If you're still hearing me, you know how it works, my friend. We're going to take a quick break right now. When we come back, we're going to be talking to a couple of charter captains that got into the albacore. One of them live in the studio, and the other one live out there running around bragging that she caught him as my guest. We'll be right back after this quick break. Y'all stick around. A lot more coming your way. Ready to share in the excitement of a world-class fishing experience, a fishing getaway with friends, or a tour of San Francisco Bay or Northern California's coast? With over 35 years of experience fishing the bay and coastal waters, Captain James Smith and the professional crews of the California Don 1 and California Don 2 will put you in the action. The 50-foot Cal Don 1 and the 55-foot Cal Don 2 Catamaran both offer a great fishing platform for comfort, efficiency, and the smoothest of rides on the water. Specializing in live bait potluck trips, California Don boats are powered by twin diesel engines with the latest and greatest in marine electronics, sonar, and safety equipment. Heated cabins, comfortable seating, full galleys with hot meals and restroom facilities make the Caldon 1 and 2 the the most comfortable fishing charters available. Seasonally fishing halibut, stripers, sturgeon, shark, salmon, rock and lingcod, and of course, crab. There are those moments of special opportunity for bluefin tuna, albacore, white sea bass, and other exotics coming within reach. And the captain will announce any planned trips for those species. This is Captain James Smith. If you're ready for our great on-the-water fishing experience, look no further. Give me a call at 510-417-5557. I'd love to show you Bay Area fishing at its finest. To book a trip or find out more about the ultimate fishing experience on either the Caldon 1 or Caldon 2, give them a call at 510-417-5557 or check them out on the web at CaliforniaDawn.com. Hi, this is Seth to tell you about my favorite car dealership and the reason why I won't go anyplace else for a new or used vehicle or for service for that matter. It's the people. Well-trained, knowledgeable employees, top-notch service department professionals, and the best pricing on new and used vehicles. Where? Only at Ron Duprat Ford, just off I-80 and next door to our friends at Gone Fishing Marine in Dixon. Don't get hung up in that big city shuffle. Head to Dixon and check out Ron Duprat Ford. You'll love 
love that small town atmosphere with no hassles and no closers. I know I sure do. Family owned and operated since 1956, it's one of the very few dealerships to receive the President's Award for excellence in customer service and sales. When it comes time for you to purchase a new vehicle or to solve a problem with one you've already got, go to the best. Ron DuPrat Ford and Dixon, the number one Ford parts and service department in Northern California. It's where I go for all my needs, sales or service. Take the short drive from high prices. Check first with Ron DuPrat Ford and Dixon. Find out more at rondupratford.com or call toll-free at 877-463-5436. Why would you buy anyplace else? Duckworth Boats. Hand-built by highly trained, skilled boat builders with pride, precision, and craftsmanship. With models from 18 to 40 feet. Designed for both fresh and saltwater activities. Gone Fish and Marine in Dixon is your heavy-gauge aluminum boat headquarters. Featuring the entire line of Duckworth Boats. From outboard tillers to jets and inboards. The Advantage Navigator, Pacific Navigator, Pacific Pro, and Offshore Series exemplify Duckworth's attention to details. Gone Fish and Marine's trained sales staff will help get the Duckworth boat you need with the right power, performance, and accessories. No other boat compares. Be part of the legacy. Join the family of proud Duckworth owners. Learn more at Gone Fish and Marine in Dixon, gfmarine.com, or duckworthboats.com. More California Sportsman with Seth Hendrickson. Hey, we're back, and there's been lots of talk and lots of excitement, as you know, for the last few weeks, if not months, about the chance and the opportunities for bluefin tuna. Getting out for albacore, some of the guys have gone out and banged some tuna. Some of the guys have been out there just spanking some of the albacore that are out there. And the real magic was out last week and sent me a photo. They were uh, kind of grinning ear to ear in the photo. So let's cook up right now with Captain Kimberly Berger and find out what in the heck she was doing out there looking for albacore when there wasn't anybody out there to help her find them. Good morning, Captain. <laughs> Good morning, Seb. Kim down here in beautiful Bodega Bay. How in the world did you find albacore out there while you were running around? Oh, my gosh. It was so amazing. The day before, we had um, some clients on the boat, and Harry and I were down in the cabin talking about we need to go out tuna fishing. And we came up top to talk to Jeff and Vince about we need to go tuna fishing. And they were on top making up the same, you know, plans, game plans. So we set it up for Monday. We got out there, um, set our lines when we hit the 61 degrees, going towards the numbers from the day before. And uh, zip, one of the lines zipped. Oh, my gosh. It was so awesome. Talk about dripping, just dropping the cookie, the hand right into the cookie <laughs> jar there. Oh, my gosh. Then we got our second zip. Um, two zips at one time came up. We had a four-way at one time. It was just awesome, you know, being out there, uh, finding them, going and, you know, coming back to the same line and picking them up again and picking them up, picking them up again. It was uh, an amazing day. Well, you guys picked up a total of 11 albacore during the morning out there or the day out there. What were you using? What tools were they using? And how far did you have to travel to get out to that point? You know, we hit like 35 miles out when we dropped, and uh, we were still about 10 miles from the day before's, you know, numbers where they were picking up and you're hearing the chatter and uh, just heading that way. And we were only down for about a half an hour. We got our first hit. Um, We had the... uh, the um the mexican flag fly out there we had the cedar plugs out there um six different poles set up and uh you know way far behind the boat had all of our accounts down it was it was an amazing day how fast were you trolling for these guys uh seven we were at seven knots 
Oh, it's a little slower than that 15 miles an hour they say for the bluefin, or 15 knots, excuse me, I have to use the right terminology. Yeah, that 15 knots is amazing, too. We never even think that you could get a fish like that. We hooked into one of those last year at 15, and I was like, wow, holy Toledos. We're ready for the bluefin, too. You know, we have uh, our Mad Maxes up and the big old fat 50 reels. Um, We're ready. So we're out there for the, you know, everybody's out there for the albacore, but when those bluefin show up you know we're gonna all land some of those too. all you're gonna do is put on a different lure and speed up the yeah. boat i know the i know the game it's gonna work for you folks if you'd like to see a great picture a great photograph of all these albacore that they got they're lined up across the back of the real magic and a photo we've got it up on facebook my guess is they've got it up there too and it'll probably be on instagram before you know it on our end also it is a great picture with a lot of smile and angers in the background that uh apparently had the luck of fishing with a woman that knew exactly when to drop the lines. And somehow I, I just can't believe you could just drop them in and catch fish. Other boats were looking all day for them. Yeah, yeah, that's what we did. We dropped them in and found them. Um, or they found us. <laughs> well, luck comes into play every now and then, and I'm glad you were very lucky because it is a wonderful, successful trip. I know you're planning on taking folks out there as it gets busier and busier with Albacore. Tell our listeners how they can get on the list and get out there with you. Yeah, we're the Real Magic Sport Fishing uh, and Charters uh, website, and then we're 707-875-BOAT, uh, 707-875-2628. Give us a call. Well, you also got crab season coming right around the corner. Folks are going to be making reservations for that. September, it opens up, and things are going to go nuts. You've got a lot of opportunities. Oh, yeah. Our crab are filling up quick. They love, the people love the crab. They go out, you know, it's a, their holiday crab. They come out November, December, and uh, we get link cod, rock cod, and crab all on the same, you know, trip out there. So it's it's a lot of people's favorite trip. Um, uh, and then, um, so call us and we'll get you lined up. Tell, check real quick, tell them about the website they can go to, see photos and some of the action going on out there, as well as all the phone numbers to get more information or to talk to you guys about the opportunities to go out for some of the tuna that are running around. Yeah, so we're realmagicsportfishingcharters.com and 707-875-BOAT, 707-875-BOAT. Yeah, we keep it simple for us fishermen. You know? Except she's doing a really good job, you know, giving us the Bodega Bay report. Mm-hmm. Can we have her maybe come on and say greetings from beautiful Bodega Bay? Oh, that would sound oh, way too much us? like Merlin. Can we, can we have her do that just, you know, every once in a while for us? Well, and if the wind's blowing, it has to be greetings from beautiful Blodega Bay. Absolutely. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully you know, it's... We got, Go ahead. We got such amazing weather yesterday, we got to take our sweaters off. <laughs> i'm not gonna go there with you i'm not gonna go there folks if you want to get out there with a real cheerleader and have a great time on board i suggest you get a hold of the real magic right away give them that number one last time kim 707-875-BOAT you have a, a call you have a great day and thanks for the wonderful photos and the great story we appreciate it very much Thanks, Seth. We appreciate you, too. Real magic out of Bodega Bay. Captain Kimberly Berger. Her husband is also a charter captain out there, and uh, he kind of lets her catch a lot of fish, I would imagine. We know one of the other boats that was out there, they were in radio distance, but he kind of felt like himself out there, all by himself on the water at some times out there. It was Captain Ricky Acosta with Feeding Frenzy Guide Service. He joins us live in the studio this morning. Good morning, Ricky. Good morning, Seth. Well, tell us about it. What was it like dropping out there, dropping the lines down, and running your butt off for nothing, 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 and then to hear that scream? 
Yeah, so we were out five times last week, uh, bluefin trips, and that was what everyone wanted to catch after our good score from July. And um, we'd try every morning for bluefin and no bites. We had one hookup, didn't stick, but you hear the radio chatter of uh, albacore. So we have all the albacore gear on the boat, and the albacore about 10 miles away from the bluefin ground, so another half-hour boat ride, which when you're already two and a half hours away, what's the... What's another What's, 50 bucks in gas, Exactly, right? exactly. So we uh, we went out, and all week long, flat, calm ocean. I mean, no swell at all, beautiful, zero wind, but fog every morning. So when you're tuna fishing, you're looking for whales, birds, dolphins, bait busting. Uh, it made it real difficult only being able to see a couple hundred yards instead of a couple miles. So you're basically trolling blind. You get a couple meter marks, see some bait, and then, boom, you get hit. Uh, and then drop a waypoint and then try and go back and forth between there, you know, box out that zone and no bite. So then you keep trekking another way and you hear people on the radio getting zero bites, you know, real magic had 11 that day. We were a couple miles South of them. Uh, but we're all fishing, you know, West of Rittenberg bank. Essentially it started out at the beginning of the week. Everyone was at guide and pioneer. You know, we never heard about Rittenhouse. For, for, nobody talked about it and now all of a sudden every time i turn around somebody's talking rittenhouse bank rittenhouse bank it's becoming popular and so we were all down it's uh, rittenberg you're sending people to the wrong bank hey well, <laughs> well don't go to bank of america and that's yeah sure. uh we, we were all kind of down south uh between guide and pioneer and there were some fish caught down that way that's where we were focusing our efforts uh for bluefin between the weather buoy and you know the west shipping lane and uh, as the days progressed, it seemed like those albacores started moving north, you know, five to ten miles a day. And then that's when everyone started fishing the north end of that kind of – I mean, it's closer for the guys out of Bodega than it is for us out the gate. But if you're going to make the run for tuna, you're going to make the run. You have a full tank every morning, and you stop at the fuel dock on your way in, and you give your clients 100% and uh, see if you can load up the boat, which we, we, we caught fish. It wasn't anything spectacular, but just – Catching a albacore, a bluefin out the Golden Gate is is something special in Absolutely. itself. Absolutely, absolutely. Any angler who can get into that is a lucky angler, no question about it. Ricky, it's a, a long haul out there. It's a long run. It's very costly as far as fuel and everything goes on this. I know you've got a sign up list probably going on for guys that want to get on board for bluefin or for albacore. Is this going to? You think this is going to be something you're going to be popping out there for routinely now because of the interest levels that we're seeing? Yeah, the, the call list was was filled up quick, and as soon as we had that weather window last week, I had five days come available, and all of them were completely full in a matter of a couple of hours. So my plan is to stay out there during the month of September. Typically, I start fishing the river for king salmon then, but we're going to run tuna trips all September as long as the weather permits. Uh, like James was saying earlier on the show, the tuna are around. They're just not hearing big numbers. We're hearing some reports from a little bit further south, you know, Moss Landing area of schools up to 10 miles long of these bluefin that are making their way towards us. We have Hurricane Hillary pushing all this warm water up. It seems like the current from the north is also pushing the warm water down. So we might just be patiently waiting for uh, complete chaos, you know, west of the Golden Gate Bridge for tuna, whether it's bluefin or albacore. Well, it looks like it's going to push right up through California, so there's going to be definitely some changes going on out there and some fish moving around, no question about it. You've got a big boat. How long is your boat? Uh, 29 foot. And you've got a big engine or two on board to get you back. You know, folks, it's a long ways, 
But when you've got a big boat like that, it's a whole lot safer. I've seen 16-foot aluminum boats at the Fairlawns wondering how crazy or mentally ill those people were. Two or three guys in it to boot, and I'm just going, wow, I wouldn't use that as a lifeboat out there. It must be nice having the big boat, but would you invite or suggest other guys going out there in private boats, 15, 20, 25-footers, or, or 20 in the 20 range? Is it that clear? Is it? Are there conditions that can pop up to really have an impact on the private boater? It's definitely a, a long haul. It's not just for any anyone who wants to go catch tuna. You definitely need some experience. Yeah, if you think boat. it's a cool idea and you want to do it, don't. Go yeah. with somebody else first. You definitely need some experience out there. Uh, one, definitely have some good GPS because when you get stuck in that fog, you have no idea which way is north, south, east, or west. On top of that, the, the weather changes the further you get out in the ocean. Like every 10 miles, it's a completely different ocean. And uh, once you start getting off that shelf, the continental shelf out there, it totally changes. You know, we were fortunate enough all week to not have crazy swell. Uh, there was one day where it picked up a little bit, but without the wind, it, it's doable. But I still wouldn't recommend it for anyone to go out there and load the boat up. I would also make sure you have the fuel uh, yeah. in the boat in order to make it back to land. Yeah, you've got to take extra fuel probably just in case you take extra fuel along. Well, uh, we did on our first trip back in July just because we had no idea how far we were going to go. And when you're trolling 14 knots with those Mad Max, that fuel burn is insane. You know, on my boat, it's 13.8 gallons per hour. So you start trolling for five hours, that's 60 gallons right there. Um, so we're not taking fuel now. I have a pretty good idea of how much fuel we're burning on each trip. The albacore trips, you think you're going to burn a little bit less fuel because you're trolling half as fast as you are for the bluefin, but we're going even further for them. So yeah. it's about the same fuel burned uh, for any of our tuna trips, which, you know, $7 a gallon at Gas House Cove in San Francisco, it adds up quick. Hey, folks, if you'd like to get out and have some fun, you need to get a hold of Feeding Frenzy and get a trip booked or find out more information about those opportunities. He's also guiding for sturgeon, striper. What else do you guide for? Are there halibut, rock and ling, too? You're up and down the coast and in the bay and out in the delta, too. Yeah, so we're doing uh, everything. I actually just made my post last night. Uh, it's kind of a special time for us in Northern California. Everything's biting, it seems like. So uh, we're going to start running striper and sturgeon trips in the Delta, offering combo trips, which is something I've never done before. But troll for stripers in the morning and then switch over and catch some sturgeon in the afternoon or vice versa, hit depending the tide, on the hit tides. Hit the tide, right, exactly. Uh, and then we'll stay in the bay, so sharks, halibut, rock cod, and uh, tuna, of course. Well, let's give them all the hookup information. They need to find out more. They need to get on board is what they need to do. Give them all the phone number as well as the website for more information. And, folks, you can check out our website as well as Facebook and Instagram for more shots of Ricky out there on the water. But go to his. You'll find out more. Yeah, you can give me a call at 916-214-5074 or on Facebook and Instagram at Feeding Frenzy Sport Fishing. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you coming down to the studio and sharing with us today, and you'll probably participate a little bit more in our next discussions. Let's take a quick break right now when we get rolling on this. Senior Tuna, Mr. Steve Carson, has got our Pure Fish and Pro Staff Tip of the Week right after this quick break. Y'all stick around. You're going to get hooked. 
Northern California's newest tackle shop, Bodega Tackle, is located in Penaluma, right on the way to Bodega Bay. Bodega Tackle, a one-stop shop, features high-quality live and frozen tray baits, plus a full selection of tackle for bay and ocean fishing, as well as tackle for freshwater species. Owner Ken Brown and his experienced staff are on hand and ready to help anglers get rigged up. Need fresh line? Bring in reels for a new line at the Berkeley Line Winding Station. Check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and at bodegatackle.com. Bodega Tackle, open seven days a week. Stop by and you'll catch more fish. Lorenz is the leader in marine electronics, design, and manufacturing. And their new HDS Live Series with active imaging and GPS mapping products are cutting-edge technology and light years ahead of the competition. Lorenz offers a comprehensive range of products for your every need. From entry-level fish locators to the most sophisticated marine electronics on the market today, they're easy to use and are backed by a comprehensive advantage service program. The new Live Series with active imaging and 3-in-1 sonar combines Lorenz Chirp with side-scan and down-scan imaging, allowing anglers to quickly search fish-holding structures and enhances fish reveal with a higher level of clarity and target separation. Lorance products provide sportsmen with the ultimate and high-performance features at competitive pricing. Clearer views, less clutter, more targets, incredible shallow and deep-water performance. Lorance has it all. Check out the new HDS Live with touchscreen display and the entire line of marine electronics at your favorite dealer or on the web at Lorance.com. Lorance is the perfect locator for you. There's nothing more peaceful than fishing. Just me, my pole, and some bait. Oh, and my life jacket, of course. I like fish, but I don't want to end up at the bottom of the water with them. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. It's time for Pure Fishing's Pro Staff Tip of the Week. Brought to you by Berkeley, Penn, Abu Garcia, and Shakespeare. Manufacturers of the finest in fishing tackle and related products. Turn up the volume and listen close. We're sharing tips, techniques, latest innovations, the newest products, and legendary fish catching tactics from cold water, warm water, and salt water pros. They'll tell you how they did it with a little help from their friends at Berkeley, Penn, Abu Garcia, and Shakespeare. All you have to do is pay attention and then go fishing. And joining us in the Pure Fishing Pro Staff Tip of the Week is the man himself, Mr. Senior Tuna, Mr. Steve Carson, our own Senior Tuna. Good morning, Tuna. Good morning, Sep. I love being on hold and hearing about all the Northern California tuna of whatever species that are being caught. It just it warms my heart. Well, I'm waiting for that 300-pounder to come rolling through here, and I still think you got the opportunity to do that with that storm pushing things north right now. Well, yeah, and actually you had a uh, like a 252 caught yesterday, so that's the biggest one of the season so far. And that, by the way, and that's gilded and gutted, so you can add actually another 11, 11 to 13%, depending on uh, who's doing the cutting. So yeah, it, it's happening. And, and by the way, this is not really that unusual. Um, I went to a, a lecture uh, a couple years ago with Dr. Barbara Block, who is the world's foremost authority on bluefin tuna. And, uh, of course, bluefin tuna are so valuable, uh, there's money to study them, <laughs> unlike a lot of other uh, fish species that no one cares about. And uh, there's even money for those expensive satellite tags. So they know pretty much exactly where the bluefin go every year. And guess what? They come to northern California and even as far north as Oregon, Washington, and even British Columbia, they come every single year. They just don't uh, get is, as close as we'd like them to be there. 
Well, sometimes they're well. They may not be up at the surface foaming, and and you know we have this anchovy um, population boom, so the bluefin are coming up and foaming on the anchovies and and making themselves seen. Also, as uh, as you as you've heard very good instructions of the last couple of callers, um, there's been a boom in the in, in a couple of techniques. The one thing that you don't have in Northern California that the San Diego boats in particular have is uh, bait tanks full of live sardines, or in some cases mackerel. Um, that that can make a big difference. But so the fast trolling with the Mad Mac type lures has really um, has really made uh, catching the bluefin. I don't want to say easy. But it's given it's given people a specific technique that actually works. And plus, let's face it, finally, people are getting the proper gear to catch tuna. They're not using their old sturgeon rod. They're not using their rusty old shark rod. They're using their open to buy on their credit card is what they're doing. Exactly. And, and some of that has to do with how good it's been in San Diego uh, since 2016, which is and, – and by the way – um, although for the next two days, I'm sure you've heard, uh, the boats are going to be tied up to the dock, hunkered down. We're hoping that Tuesday we can we can go back out, and that we haven't been completely blown up uh, up to San Bernardino uh, by the the supposed hurricane. We're going to wait and see if that's really true. Well, it says it's um, going to be a class one long before it gets to you, so you're going to get a ton of rain and a bunch of wind, is my guess, and hopefully not any flooding or whatever down your way. But uh, just uh, you know, and uh, again, the boat's ducking in to uh, to be safe. But uh, the Polar Supreme uh, came in with from, on day three of their three day trip with 132 bluefin tuna. Seventy of those fish are in the 60 to 180 pound range. So given the, given the weather that allows you to get out and fish almost every day, unless oh, there's a hurricane. Um, it's been pretty biblical in San Diego since 2016. Uh, this is not weird. Go out, and I mean, and you're exactly right. Get your high, get your high limit credit card. Get the proper gear. This is not a fluke. This is not only going to happen one time. This is a regular thing that the fish are always out there. Um, why would you not have the proper gear? And and um, I can send you another list, Sep. Of, uh, of the gear that you need to have. But um, for, for fast trolling with Mad Max, for 250 pounders out the Golden Gate, it's a Pan International 50 wide. Um, if, you're, if you're coming down to San Diego and you're going to do some night jigging for the 100 pounders, uh, that would be something like a Pan Fathom 40 narrow. Um, if, you, if you want to, you can get a Pan International 16 VISX. And there's matching rods for all those. Again, um, God bless sturgeon. I love them. God bless sharks. I usually love them. Not always, if you know what I mean. Yes. Um, But the the gear for them is not adequate for tuna. Get the good stuff. You will be glad you did. Uh, There's there's a reason that once people start long-range fishing in San Diego, they stop doing everything else. Yeah, they can't afford it. That's exactly what. You know, if you've got a credit card with a $500 open to buy, don't even think about going down there yet. Knock that thing down and get down and get exactly the right stuff you need. 
and tuna has furnished us with a whole list for monster bluefin tuna rigs. It wouldn't hurt to do that same thing for albacore like you're talking, Steve. Uh, yeah, well, the nice thing is albacore um, are, are a little friendlier on the wallet, on the gear. Here's the problem. They like to swim with the bluefin. There you go. You never know what you're going to get on the end of it. That's a fact. Steve, we want to thank you for hooking up with us. As always, it's great, solid information, and I know you've got another trip planned already, but don't go this week. Probably a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not even leaving the house until Monday afternoon. I don't blame you. That's kind of the way it is around here because it's going to be like 102 this weekend, but then we get a cooling trend. You take care, my friend, and thanks for sharing with us today, as always. Thanks, Seth. Steve Carson, Senior Tuna, one of the most knowledgeable guys out there when it comes to great fishing opportunities. You know, we can probably post that list on our uh, social media pages. So. Let's do it. We got one right here. We'll get the other one as soon as he sends it, and we'll get yeah. them up right yeah, away. We'll, we'll get Thank God posted. somebody around here knows how to do social media. Yeah, well. I don't even know how to be social sometimes. You know, let's, uh, that's true. let's kick over <laughs> to RVs and destinations. Take a listen to this from our friends at Manteca Trailer and Motorhome. It's time for RVing and Destinations, sponsored by Manteca Trailer and Motorhome. Since 1970, Manteca Trailer and Motorhome has cared for their customers with warm, personal attention and high standards of product and service excellence. They offer customers great value in pricing on industry leaders such as Jayco, Winnebago, Newmar, and many more. You'll be amazed by the selection of new and used RVs, toy haulers, fifth wheels, trailers, and motorhomes, and the huge inventory to choose from. Recipient of the West Coast Dealer of the Year and multiple Best of awards, Manteca Trailer and Motorhome has become one of Northern California's highest volume RV dealers. And now, here's Sepp with another great reason to be outdoors and RVing. Washing the exterior of an RV, especially a larger one, seems like a major task. And it is. But with the proper plans, products, and tools, getting it clean can be done efficiently. Getting up close and personal pays off too when you get to perform an inspection of your RV. If you're planning this chore at home, think about where to do it. You need plenty of water and good drainage. You don't want your ladder to stick in the ground or the mud. Use the right cleaner for the particular surface you're using. Check the manufacturer's instructions so you don't damage your finish or strip off some of the decals or highlights that are on your RV. Start at the roof and you know there's a lot of work to do up there. Here's where you need that good ladder and a long brush extender or a teenage neighborhood guy. The sides, the front, and the back can easily be washed using the brush on a pole or even a wash mitt. Wheels and tires generally just get a mild detergent. The undercarriage should be cleaned regularly too using your extension brush and a hose, especially if you're in an area where salt has been put down to prevent ice. The awning usually just requires a good wash with mild detergent, but make sure it's completely dry before retracting it. You don't want mold and mildew growing in there, maybe for a few weeks or months for that matter. So be sure it's dry before retracting your awning. Keeping your rig clean is important. Whether you do it at home or do it at one of the trucks, truck stops along your travels, Keep a can of Pam handy too. A light spray across the hood makes the bug bodies easier to remove. Just remember, get out there, but look good while you're doing it. Stop by Manteca Trailer and Motorhome on Highway 120. Check the full inventory of new and used RVs, 
trailers, motorhomes, and the huge retail store and showroom with parts and accessories. The state-of-the-art service facility is one of the largest in the western states, featuring 30 bays to get you up to speed and back on your way RVing. Review the entire inventory at the MantecaTrailer.com website with photos and pricing, or better yet, stop by and take a look. Low prices, huge selection, great service. There's no need to look any further. Manteca Trailer and Motorhome, catering to sportsmen around the West. We're not the biggest, we're the nicest. The Bob Davis people at Manteca Trailer and Motorhome. Manteca! With decades of experience fishing Northern California's lakes, streams, rivers, bays, and ocean, YouTube's Alan Fong Outdoors brings the outdoors and fishing directly to you. It's your opportunity to learn from one of the best in the West. Here's Alan Fong, the Rod Father. Good morning, Mr. Fong. Morning. How you guys doing? I'm doing fine. That gong will wake up everybody out there in the- Hey, I watched your video Thursday night that you got posted up there. It looks like you're doing everything all over again. Are you just nonstop fisherman this week? Yeah, you know what? I try to get out four or five times a week. <laughs> At least four or five times a week, sometimes twice in one day, I think. It's, um, you know, we went back up to Union Valley, and uh, I didn't look at the weather forecast, and it... <laughs> And uh, we got, we were up there and the ground looked wet. And I go, you know what, is this supposed to rain? And then, so they looked it up. Friends of mine looked it up and said, oh, shoot, it's going to be nasty here around noon. I go, oh, my God. So, but, it, you know, I went over to the dam and the first four fish we caught right off the bat, they're all males. They're hooked nose and they have any scales. It's kind of early, don't you think? I don't know. So. But we got, you know, right off the bat, we were hooking them, and by 9 o'clock, we had 12 fish on. We landed eight. They're pretty nice size. Then it started getting really cloudy, thunder, lightning. All the boats were leaving, and we stayed for about another half hour, hour or so, and then we got out of there. It started raining. So, you know, it was a storm was nasty. Well, you know, that, it's a great lake. It's reasonably close to home up there, right off of the freeway. Union Valley Reservoir, folks. The Kokanee Bite has been pretty consistent up there. And what are they running up there? Thirteen to fourteens. Uh, most of them around that fourteen, and then you know, once in a while you'll get one hugging sixteen. But they're really thick and wide. They're really healthy fish. I'm hearing there's some guys catching some big ones out at New Maloney still. They might be few and far between, but they're still available out there. Yeah, some days guys are whacking them. You know, I mean, they're getting their limits, and then some days they're struggling. That lake's always been like that. You know, it's kind of like a hit and miss. You're there the right day, and they're getting big ones. So, you know, I've heard some three-pounders coming out of there. So. Well, and that's – I've heard some almost three-pounders, and that tells me that there's a lot of anglers being really quiet about New Maloney's right now. So I'd load up and head over to New Maloney's if you were looking for a little yeah. bit bigger kokanee. You know, anytime it yep. gets real quiet about a lake and you don't hear a lot, like Lake Shasta, Kokanee, first years yeah. of plants, the first years of mature fish, those fish should be three and a half to four pounds up at Shasta this year. If not this year, they'll yep. certainly be there next year. And then Mother Nature will taper down their size and get them to fit into the system the way it works in their layer of the lake. But I'll tell you what, folks, there's opportunities out there for them. You've got... A great shot at Whiskey Town. They're still catching great stuff up there. Kevin Brock is up there working that lake. Or 
you can't miss at Bullard's Bar, as Alan has told us many times, 40 yeah. to 60 fish. Uh, Nate just went up with Jeff Vogel, very, very good uh, salmon fisherman at Lake Berryessa, as well as kokanee fisherman. Both of them went out there and trolled every inch of that lake and did not get anything except largemouth bass. So I've got yeah. I've got some concerns about the fisheries there, and that's one of the questions I'm going to talk to our guest in the second hour today, uh, Mr. Jay Rowan from the California Department of Fish and Wildlife. There's certain things going on in a lot of places that we don't have an understanding about. We're not biologists. We're just fishermen going out there having a fun time, and we know, hey, things have changed a little bit different out there. Alan, how's the Delta fishing for your black bass right now? Uh, the Delta's been uh, really good. It's actually been on fire for me. We've been having a... You know, on a bad day, I'll get 15, and on a good day, I'll get 22. But the stripers are starting to show up in good numbers. Um, I think most of them were out further. The bigger fish are around Antioch Bridge, uh, Winter Island, West Bank. Are they skinny, uh, or are they coming back with some weight on them now? Uh, they're coming back with some weight. Um, they're kind of bluish, so that tells you they're coming out of that salt, salt water. Yeah. And uh, Russ Graves was at the store yesterday. They had 70 fish last Saturday. So, you know, he's way out there, and he's throwing swim baits, and uh, he's doing really well. And Mark Wilson's been trolling, catching the heck out of them, too. So there's a lot of fish showing. The ones I'm catching are, you know, anywhere from 18 inches to about 8 pounds. But, you know, we're catching quite a few. So they're starting to come in. So the striper action has been really well. Well, Alan, your uh, counts on your YouTube channel continue to climb and climb and climb. You're getting ready to jump over 9,000, and we're heading to 10 on this. Folks, if you haven't checked out Alan Fong Outdoors on YouTube yet, you need to get over to it and check it out because he posts some great, insightful stuff. And let me just cut through the crap real quick and tell you what he's doing. He's got a grandson. He wants to leave his grandson a legacy. He's sharing everything with you, folks. I about fell over and died when he said that word the other day about MSG. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it crossed his lips. So I know he's starting to tell people the truth about fishing and not sending you off to some muddy slough and telling you there's 20-pounders in the back corner. Nope. Nope. Yeah, I realize that it's, you know, I've been doing this all my life, and you know, there's still, I could tell someone, you know, here's my fish, go catch them. And it's a little difficult. It's hard catching someone else's fish. So I realize, you know, I, I want to help people. You know, I get, I feel good when they, I see them at the ramp and they go, Hey man, you know, I caught some fish and, you know, it just makes me feel a lot better. And hey, I'm telling people, I said the easiest way to, to be a better fisherman is find out what they eat and study what they eat. Because if you go where the bait is, you're going to catch fish. If you haven't Period. looked in the stomach of some of the fish you're trying to catch, you've made a mistake, folks, because that's, exactly, that's, right. that's exactly where you want to look first. Alan Fong with Alan Fong Outdoors. You can catch him over at Fisherman's Warehouse Store right there in Sacramento and pick what's left of his brain. He'll tune you in and get you set up for the next fishing trip of your life, especially if you're going out for bluefin or anything. I know they've got all the big pen stuff and all the big lures available for you yep. long-range guys. Alan, yeah, we, Alan, what do you got coming up next on your uh, channel? Uh, you know, I don't know. My producer Denise is in Cabo, so you know. Um, is she got a new boyfriend she, going right now? Yeah, she does. <laughs> Friend of mine. So better uh, tie her to a tree in Cabo right now. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to be <laughs> in Cabo. Right Wrong now. weekend to go to Cabo. <laughs> yeah, I know. They said she texted me. Said it's 
blowing hurricane weather right now. Well, it's, so they're hoping to get out of there. Good luck to them down there. And I know you've made her a better fisherman, and I know it makes you smile when you see her catching bigger fish. Alan Fong with Alan Fong Outdoors on the YouTube channel. Make sure you get a subscription for it. Alan, thanks for hooking up. We'll talk to you again next week. Yeah. All right. Bye. All right. Take care. Yeah. See you. Okay. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. We got you, Alan. And we appreciate you very much. Roll it, my friend. Join Gate Crasher Fishing and Captain Zach Medinas for an epic fishing adventure on California's Delta, San Francisco Bay, or out the gate. For professionalism and great service, join Gate Crasher Fishing for an impressive trip that will keep you returning season after season, no matter what species you pursue. Captain Zach believes in the tradition of harvesting sustainable fish, such as king salmon, rock cod, halibut, and striped bass, seasonally, and also fishes white sturgeon. Great for corporate team building, family recreation, or friends just having fun. Book now for the trip of your lifetime. Call Gate Crasher Fishing, 925-497-7171. And learn more at gatecrasherfishing.com. Come on out and experience our difference. Hook up! And now, more California sportsmen with Seth Hendrickson. What a coincidence. The man you just heard his commercial is sitting right next to me, Captain Zach Medinas with Gate Crasher Fishing Adventures. Good morning, Captain. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, really? Now I'll say that again. Oh. You'll, you'll be working better. <laughs> All right. Good morning, guys. It's great to be in the studio. It's been a little while, and what a good group we have today. Well, you've been running around over in San Francisco, hanging out at the wharf, trying to pick up people. Well, actually, you're chartering a boat, aren't you? That's correct. Yeah, we're out in Fisherman's Wharf, and... It's an awesome place to come down and fish. There's a lot of history there, and we have great food. So unlike a lot of places you could fish out of, you get done fishing with us. We got some of the best chipino and best clam chowder in the state. It's just a, it's a, it's an awesome experience. Well, I'm sure they're probably handing out crab, crab cocktails, even though the season's closed. Do they still have those they hand out out there? Oh, they've got everything down in Fisherman's Wharf. Yeah. It's, yes, it's, they it's, do. <laughs> yes, they do. They got it all. They got it all. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I love being down there. Well, Zach, the action is uh, kind of slowed for some of the uh, guys that aren't targeting halibut right now, but I'm seeing a lot of halibut still being caught by not only private boaters, but you had a boat full of guys the other day too. Yeah, we had a group of uh, Army Army is it Army Corps engineers out uh, yesterday, and uh, they're limited out by 11 o'clock. So, you know, days like that, it's, you know, they don't necessarily are, are quite ready to head home yet so we kind of switched it up and said you guys want to pull on some sharks pick a fight pick a fight with a few sharks those are things we did as a kid and they were a lot of fun but people have never done that it's it's something else to do uh and we had a great time with them you know you just said it's something else to do yeah something else to do we don't have salmon fishing this year we're fortunate that we had a fantastic halibut season and it still continues they dropped the limit from three to two because of the extra pressure that was put on the bay and but this fills it helps fill in those gaps that we lose out on the other nice thing is the bluefin tuna coming in might offer us an opportunity to fill in some of those gaps that are appearing without salmon you know and some of the other fisheries that aren't doing as well as they could be right now we are really struggling to make sure that a lot of the charter boats and everybody are full and active and moving around out there it's very important to understand the fisheries and these captains as you guys move and make maneuvers to further your businesses with adjustments that are made throughout the system. Like they're talking about sturgeon at the next fishing game commission meeting coming up. And I know you're a big advocate of sturgeon fishing. 
Oh yeah. You know, so we have to be ready and, you know, for us it's a business, but it's also a big passion of ours. And, you know, you have to be willing to adapt and adjust and pivot to other things. Um, you know, Sturgeon or something that are going to hopefully finally get a lot of help. Uh, we all have the same goal with Sturgeon. We want to see more of them. You know, we want to see that population. More and bigger. Yeah. More and bigger. <laughs> bigger is always better. And, uh, yeah, we had really big fish at one time and we could have them again. We just, you know, need to help out with the water. Everything, everything that needs to return to the river to spawn is having difficulty. And, you know, I'm not a specialist on that, but it seems like if they could cut loose a little bit more water from the reservoirs during our drought year, it would help uh, salmon, it helps steelhead and that other fish that starts with an S, it'd be sturgeon, help them as well. Well, you know, and if they start releasing water from lakes, then I got an issue sometimes too. And that's the situation that everybody gets into sometimes. And I, I wanted to talk to Jay about this in the second hour. Um, oxygen can be drawn out of the lake through the thermocline. If they eliminate the dissolved oxygen content in the water, lim- getting it to the point that it isn't healthy for the fish, they can die, pass out, whatever, just lose consciousness and go to the bottom and die. We've seen that happen in the past, and that may be the situation at Berryessa. We'll be talking about other people about that. But the lakes that we draw way down are the ones that can cause potential problems for the lake's populations. I think if they somehow could work, and this is one of the questions I sent to Jay, uh, is there actively working together so that water can be better handled? It's time to rethink everything that's going on out there. Yeah, it's a delicate dance for sure. A lot of times we see things with the uh, harmful, that's a hot topic these days, harmful uh, algae blooms. Um, we see that uh, we have that huge die off in the in the bay with sturgeon down there as a result of that. Correct. And then we see the same thing, uh, similar things in lakes. You know, a lot of times you'll see that up in Clear Lake, you know, where they'll have a big bloom of algae. And it's it's just really disheartening to see how many fish are lost. Well, it does. But one of the cool things is the ability for you guys to adjust to the fisheries. I talked to Tony Zapolvita up north. And he said, man, the, the closure they're going to put on us up here is really going to have an impact. He goes, it's the biggest kick in the chest in over 30 years. So I, I know a lot of people are going to be suffering as a lot as some of these things occur and th- changes are made in limits or whether you can fish or not. The key to the whole thing, I think, is we have to do something that is responsible to everyone involved. And we just can't be thinking of what's the easy way out. That's a great message, Sep. A lot of times we are just concerned what uh, immediately impacts us. But you do have to think about other fishermen in other areas, you know. And ultimately, if we work together and stick together and, and work with the department, um, they have a difficult job. And we need to respect that. And we need to help them anyway, in any way they can. Absolutely. Can. There's no question about it. Uh, we've, got a, we've got a lot of serious issues in this state. We've got serious people with the knowledge to take care of those issues. As long as they're not overly influenced by politics, I think everything can be rolling right along. There's no reason we can't get water resolved in California. There's no reason. It used to be we want to save the fish. Now it's we want to save something else, and I'm not sure what it is. But we'll figure that one out, too. I want to thank you for sharing with us. And you'll be sharing in some of the questions, I'm sure, later on in our second hour here but I got to get scooting right now, and I need to get over to Mr. Mike Ogney. Will you roll that for me? Brand is the leader in marine electronics, design, and manufacturing. And their new HDS Live Series with active imaging and GPS mapping products are cutting-edge technology. They're easy to use and are backed by a comprehensive advantage service program. The new Live Series with active imaging and 3-in-1 sonar combines Lowrance Chirp with side-scan and down-scan imaging, allowing anglers to quickly search fish-holding structures and enhances fish reveal with a higher level of clarity 
clarity and target separation. Lowrance products provide sportsmen with the ultimate and high-performance features at competitive pricing. Clearer views, less clutter, more targets, incredible shallow and deep water performance. Lowrance has it all. Check out the new HDS Live with touchscreen display and the entire line of marine electronics at your favorite dealer or on the web at Lowrance.com. Lowrance is the perfect locator for you. Now, now here's USAFishing.com's Mike Ogney with our Saltwater Bay and Coastal Report. Good morning, Mr. Ogney. Good morning. I hope you brought your credit card. Sounds like you're going to be buying breakfast for a, for a table full of people this morning. I hope they like donuts from Walmart. No, you're not feeding donuts. We know better than that. Well, Michael, there's a there's a lot going on out there in the salt, and uh, some of the word we heard from uh, last week about the near shore up north is kind of disheartening, isn't it? It's really disheartening because you know there's well, first off, let's start on a good note. We just are wrapping up the best weather week that we've had on the coast this entire summer. It's been nice all week long. We saw some. uh, Tuna outside of the islands in Cordell Banks, Albacore is what I'm talking about. Uh, earlier part of the week, uh, that long fin bite kind of slowed up here the past two days, but there was some blue fin being taken off of Half Moon Bay and uh, great rock cod fishing um, being found over a very wide area. So the weather's been great and it looks to be good this weekend. So get out and enjoy it. But up on the North Coast, what we're talking about is the uh, rockfish um, closure that's going to happen up there, mainly surrounded by the uh, due to the uh, the uh, quillback uh, incidental catch, much like uh, canary and cow and yellow eye rockfish in the past. The uh, quillbacks are the ones that are the evil fish now that we can't catch and anglers can't seem to get away from them. There's lots of them, and. Um, the state wants to uh, to shut the season down to protect the quillback. I'm I'm at a little bit of a loss because there's there's data out there that still isn't being used, and I'm not up to date on the North Coast science on rockfish um, on a real tight basis. But I do know that they've been doing uh, studies up there where universities come out and they whether if it's uh, UC Davis, they, they do this locally here in the Bay Area, and they do it on the North Coast. And they catch fish, and they go to a general area, and there's certain species of rockfish that don't really travel all that much. They tend to live on that reef, and they catch them, they tag them, they release them, and then they come back the following year, and they see how many fish that they, that they recatch. And that, that data has been done, compiled by, my understanding is, the University of, of Humboldt. And the state is refusing to look at that data as part of this closure. And one of the big things of fishery science in California is that you use the best available science. That's written in our laws throughout. It's, it's in our salmon fisheries, and it's, it's in almost all of our fishery laws is the best available science is how you manage. And the state's not using that stuff, and it's a little bit frustrating. Well, I... I under, I've got a lot of insights. I get some text messages every now and then from NOAA, and I get some from Harbor Commissions and a lot of places, and I can say that uh, there's supposed to have been a, a press release coming out from the California Department of Fish and Wildlife regarding this, going to the Harbor Commissions and I guess everybody else. And it was going to come out either last night 
or Monday. I expected it about 5.30 last night, but it looks like it's going to either happen over the Friday. Yeah, I know. It'll be over the weekend or probably Monday now. So I know there's a lot of finger pointing. Uh, Noah's pointing one way. California's pointing another way. We're not going to take a stance on this other than we know something needs to be done to relieve the pain on guys that will lose thirty to $60,000 in two months' income out there. So uh, we'll pay attention to what's going on and keep uh, the public informed on this also. Mike, uh, there's lots going on out there, and we uh, really expect to see some action going on with the better weather out there. Is this storm going to slow down the better weather, or do you think it's going to actually send fish our way? It's it's uh, it's not going to affect us here. This uh, storm's going to hit Southern California, then kind of bend over to Bakersfield to to Vegas, and probably drop drop too much rain, and they won't be able to handle it down there. But on a real interesting note, Sep, um, there has been a study that's going on right now. Uh, it happened last week, and it's going on out the gate this coming Tuesday and Wednesday. There's a charter boat, and I don't know how much I'm supposed to really – that I can reveal here. because I just heard about this uh, the last couple of days. But they've been doing um, – they've been inserting um, saddle, um, uh, tracking tags into adult salmon outside of the Golden Gate. And uh, what they do is they, they catch fish, they bring them on board, they put a little slit in them, slide this little uh, tracking uh, tag in them. And then as those fish come back up the river, as they hit individual waypoints, so let's say the Carquinas Bridge, uh, the mouth of the American River, the mouth of the Feather River, and onwards, they can track these fish in real time and see how they, they migrate and stuff like that. Well, this particular boat, a very popular charter boat and we'll talk about this more next week as i if i get the permission to talk about it uh, more openly they caught they 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 tagged over two days they tagged 54 salmon last week over two days and they're going this coming week that's that's wide open fishing out the gate and many many of these fish were 20 and there was four fish that were over 30 pounds so what I'm really interested in is how many jacks we're going to see back in the river. It looks like there's a ton of adults coming back. Hopefully, we have it that they continue releasing water so these fish can successfully spawn, fill up all of our hatcheries, and get our hatcheries back up to capacity, which is happening this coming year. And we see a lot of jack salmon, so we can get back to work next year. But there's some there's some good news out there, Seth. And you know, I'm sure most of these fish are due to the Golden State Salmon Association pushing for more and more fish to be trucked and we're seeing it happen and there's a lot of fish out there and i'm excited that we could see a bottom here if we just continue to see river or water in our rivers yeah it would be nice and hopefully the drought's behind us and uh, better water management will uh, start leading the way mike we got to bail out of here you know how it works uh, make sure you don't buy any almonds, and uh, I will talk to you again real soon. I appreciate your information hey, and your insight. Put me on hold here. Put him on hold. Park this man, because I know he wants to hear what's coming up in our second hour. I want to thank all you guys for listening to this hour, but I want to re- invite you to our second hour, where we've got the chief of fisheries for the state of California, Mr. Jay Rowan, live in the studio with us. We're going to talk to him about some of the situations going on all over California. Salmon, sturgeon, steelhead, stripers. And a lot of fisheries in lakes, too. We got questions about, and we got the man to give us the answers. It's not over yet. Stick around for more fishing, hunting, and outdoor action 
in the second hour of the award-winning California Sportsman with Sepp Hendrickson. Coming up next. Quail Point Hunt Club offers sportsmen affordable upland game bird hunts starting at only $80. For pheasant, quail, and chucker on 2,000 acres of natural cover in the rolling hills near Zamora. And their new and challenging sporting clays course is one of the finest in the state. Hone your shooting skills, enjoy the day hunting the field, or start your dog on a training program. Located only 30 minutes from Sacramento and one hour from the Bay Area, Quail Point Hunt Club and Olive Hill Kennels offer California sportsmen the best in upland shooting sports. Check them out on the web at quailpoint.com. Now, here's owner David Martin. Good morning, sportsman. Dove season is right around the corner. If your dog is in his first year, you want to be cautious about taking them out on a dove hunt. Dove hunting is all pass shooting. Your dog isn't actively running the field looking for birds. It is very easy to make a pup gun shy, unloading on a group of passing dove, and your dog doesn't understand what's going on. You can create a real problem for yourself, even if your dog has been introduced to the gun properly. They just don't have the experience to understand what's going on. If you need some help with training, call us at Olive Hill Kennels at 530-735-6217. Lawrence is the leader in marine electronics design and manufacturing, and their new live series of fish finders are state-of-the-art for today's anglers and light years ahead of the competition. From entry-level finders to the most sophisticated Lawrence electronics on the market, Fisherman's Warehouse Mega Stores in Manteca, Sacramento, and Fairfield have it all, and their trained sales staff will help you find the exact unit you need. Fisherman's Warehouse and Lawrence Electronics, providing sportsmen with the ultimate high-performance fish-finding features and the best possible pricing. Check out the new Lawrence Live and the full line of Lawrence products at your favorite Fisherman's Warehouse location. For high thrust power, performance, and portability, pick up the Yamaha T9.9 High Thrust 4-Stroke. Its streamlined design is up to 12% lighter than previous high thrust models. Still, it delivers up to twice the thrust of comparable 2-strokes. It's the perfect kicker and a great choice for sailboats, john boats, or deep Vs. Any small craft that begs maximum muscle in an efficient lightweight package needs the Yamaha T9.9 High Thrust 4-Stroke. Pick one up at Bucks Outboard, 2750 47th Ave in Sacramento. Family operated for over over 50 years, Bucks carries the full line of Yamaha parts and accessories and has service you can count on. Bucks Outboard, the sportsman's choice. 916-428-3917 or BucksOutboard.com. Hi, Lenny Lapinta here for Bucks Outboard. I'm inviting you to come down and check out our full line of Yamaha Outboards. Great deals going on right now. You can catch us on the web at www.bucksoutboard.com or give me a call at 916-428-3917. I'll be waiting for you. I got a garage full of fishing tackle, and every time I get out on the water, I realize I forgot something important. But I never forget my life jacket. I make sure my buddies wear theirs, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Now, more California Sportsman with Zach Hendrickson. Hey, we're back. Lots going on. I want to finish up with Zach Medinas. We had to race in there and get Mr. Mike Ogney in before the end of it. Zach, you uh, talked about fishing salmon, steelhead, uh, well, sturgeon, stripers, uh, what else, halibut, everything. You really have your finger in just about every species there is out there, don't you? Yeah, we try to communicate well with our clients and give them lots of options and see what they're most interested in and as I said, like yesterday, we were done fishing for halibut so fast. You know, people want to enjoy their time on the water. They're not just out there to get groceries. So, you know, if you want to spend a couple hours and pull on some big sharks and, you know, see some of the things that 
you haven't seen before in your life. We're ready to do that. That's the benefit to it. Just don't go out there and get your limit. You imagine going to paying good money at Bullard's Bar to go up there and get your 10 kokanee and it's over in an hour. Okay, <laughs> day's over. Everybody on the boat. No, on it's week. not because you're at Bullard's Bar. You can go fish for some real Bad. fish after oh, you have 10 oh, bait fish. Oh, oh. Yeah, you can use... You could actually. I don't think you can use a game fish for bait. I'm no, just, you don't. You don't really have. You don't to. have to. The the bass yeah, eat all the game fish. Yeah, there's there's plenty of things to do at Bullard's Bar after you catch your ten little chrome carp. Well, Zach, I don't think we're going to see you or your big boat up on uh, Bullard's Bar, but there's lots of opportunities for folks to get out for just about every species, from the delta all the way out to the ocean. Give them all the hookup info they need. Yeah, get a hold of us at gatecrasherfishing.com. You can also uh, give me a phone call. I love phone calls. Nine two five. Four nine seven seven one seven one, and our social media, Instagram and Facebook, uh, Gate Crasher Fishing. You can see all of our fishing reports. No fish stories. I'd rather show than tell. <laughs> That's a very good philosophy. Thank you, Zach Medinas with Gate Crasher Fishing Adventures. One more time with that phone number nine two five four nine seven seven one seven one. Give him a call. Get on board. Get some fish. That's what it's all about. Well, you've been waiting for about an hour and 10 minutes for us to get to this point, but I'd like to welcome to the studio for the first time the Director of Fisheries for the State of California, Mr. Jay Rowan, joins us live in the studio. Good morning, Jay. Hey, good morning, Seth. Thanks for having me. Yeah, hey, we just got the dart board and everything up, and we're going to start throwing darts at you all day. That isn't the point at all. Today, we've asked Jay in here. We had a lot of things to talk to him about over a period of time, so today we're going to talk to him about everything and spend at least 20, 25 minutes talking about what's going on out there and you've heard us talking about sturgeon already why don't we talk about the fish and game commission meeting that's going to be coming up here in the next week or so where they're going to be discussing in addition to a lot of other things the sturgeon's future and striper's future also sure yeah so we're not going to have sturgeon on the agenda for this meeting but there is potential it's coming up uh either october or december but we are definitely going to be discussing sturgeon at the wildlife resources committee um, that's going to be coming up here in September and then again in uh, January. So we do have a regulation change that we're working on for the 2025 season. Um, we have a group of folks that are um, uh, uh, different from different um, backgrounds that are cross, helping us out cross with section that. Cross-section from everybody. Yeah, yeah. We have some um, – we have James Stone from NorCal Guides and Sportsmen. Zach Medinas is sitting on the, the panel with us. We have a, a person that's representing um, sport fish anglers. Um, and then we have some scientists on the panel as well that are helping us kind of formulate what this regulation will be in the future. Well, hopefully it'll be something that everybody can work with and that uh, they don't lose a bunch of money in the operation. It seems in some cases – they switch over to one fishery because another one's starting to fail. And then, uh-oh, now we're starting to fail on that one. We saw it starting to go a little bit that way with the halibut fishing. When salmon ended, we had to reduce the halibut limits to protect the halibut. But it, it just it's kind of a little bunch of blocks. Once one gets going, the next one starts going. And, and that's the situation that happened with sturgeon. They, they just didn't want to uh, move very far, did they? They kind of stayed in place and were very available to fish to fishermen. Yeah, sturgeon are uh, they're a little different, right? They're a really long-lived fish. They live up to a hundred years. Um, they grow very slow. You know, they don't get to the point where they're a spawning fish until they're about fourteen through almost twenty years old. So, you know, and that's kind of right where our slot limit is. So, um, it can take a long time for these fish to replace themselves if you get over harvest. And what we're seeing is over the last decade or so, we're seeing a pretty significant downward trend in the population of harvestable size fish. Um, and at the same time, we're seeing an uptick or an increase 
in the amount of harvest on those fish. So what we want to do is work to kind of get that harvest under control where it's going to be at a manageable level um, so we can sustain this fishery for the long term. What kind of measures are being discussed to enable that goal? Yeah, so we've been talking about a lot of different things. Um, You know, ultimately, we have a target in mind that we want to, one, we want to protect spawning fish, and two, we want to protect... um, the total number of fish that are being taken, right? How we get there, that's open for discussion. So some of the things we're talking about are different size slot limits. We're talking about um, closures or catch and release seasons in certain areas. Um, And we're talking about um, uh, some of the things like um, actually having a a quota per se or, or being able to know that this is how many tags we're going to give out, and this is how many fish are going to get Quotas caught. are kind of tough when you don't know what the number is you're starting with, though, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so we actually do have a pretty good idea through our modeling and through the data that we have how many harvestable-sized fish are out there. Um, we have less data on what's on either side of those harvest size, um, outsides of that slot limit, um, just because we don't have as much data. We use um, what's called fishery-dependent data. So we have guides that are outputting tags and fish, um, and then we have the sturgeon report cards that get returned. And using that information, we can get a get an idea of how many fish are in that slot size. Yeah. How many fish are going to be available to the public at that point then? It's going to be a very small percentage of the total number, I would imagine. I heard 4% is a, a goal for a, for take. Yep, that's what we're looking at is about 4% of the harvestable size fish um, for harvest. So, um, again, it'll still be catch and release in the vast majority of areas, um, especially where most of the fish are caught. Um, but har- 4% is what we feel like we can have sort of a long-term um, sustainable fishery for that fish. Well, I understand there's also uh, some some of the – some disagreement among some of the people involved in this uh, the best way to go about it i'm understanding that some people are saying let's just go catch and release 100 percent for from now for the next year is yeah. that is that likely to happen yeah it's certainly possible um you know in addition to this downward trend the upward trend in harvest uh, zach talked earlier about the harmful algal bloom you know we lost almost 900 fish mm-hmm. in the harvest in the slot size um you know and those are the spawning size fish so that's almost a full fishing season of harvest that happens right of that of those fish that were lost and that's a low number that's the number just the number of fish that were counted it doesn't you know sturgeon we know typically tend to sink when they die um fish are getting washed out i know there were some fish found out around the corner out in the ocean so um that's probably a pretty low estimate so we almost had a full season of harvest just from the harmful algal bloom When's the next meeting? When are they going to be getting together to make some uh, further steps on this? So we're going to be talking at the the see, it's September 19th, I believe, um, Wildlife Resources Committee, and that'll be the first meeting. And then for sure we're going to be talking at the January Wildlife Resources Committee. Um, and we're probably going to be having some discussion at the Fish and Game Commission. Public opinions. Absolutely. Public can. Um, Remember those, Kent? No, we're not going to say anything. I'm no, not going to say anything. I'm sitting quietly in the back for quiet. a little while. Yeah, I'll get up there, Kent. You go first. I'll go second. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's, there's definitely, that's what those Wildlife Resources Committees are for. They're for the public to call in. Show up in person, provide your input to the department, to the commission. Ultimately, the commission of decision makers, right? The department just makes recommendations um, for what we think should be done. So, you know, there's definitely opportunity to for people to voice their opinions to the, directly to the commissioners. Well, that takes care of sturgeon. We've still got to cover striper, salmon, and a whole lot more. Let's take a quick break right now. When we get back from this break, we'll have... 
Jay Rowan, the chief of fisheries for the state of California, will be talking more. Let's hit stripers next. We'll be right back after this. Stick around. You're going to learn some stuff here, and we're going to keep you informed. One of the top six-pack operators in the Bay Area is Captain Steve Mitchell of Hooked Up Sport Fishing. Captain Steve's 27-foot top gun is a fishing machine loaded with all the amenities for your enjoyment, comfort, and safety. And with over 15 years of experience, Captain Steve is ready when you are. Docked in Berkeley and Martinez Marina seasonally. Hooked Up specializes in sturgeon and ocean salmon fishing. But the top gun also fishes year-round for halibut, stripers, shark, albacore, and rock cod. If it bites, we fish for Fish with the best. Captain Steve Mitchell of Hooked Up Sport Fishing. Call and book your trips at 707-655-6736. Or check the website at hookedupsportfishing.com. Isn't it time you got hooked up? No one makes a more reliable, powerful, and efficient lineup of outboard motors than Mercury Marine. Backed by decades of innovation and leadership, Mercury Outboards from 2.5 to 400 horsepower are built to go the distance. Mercury Outboards are the ultimate combination of smooth and quiet operation, refined power, and effortless control. Check out the full line at Gone Fishing Marine in Dixon. Their trained sales staff will help you select the right boat and the right Mercury Outboard for power. It all adds up to the most popular engines on the market today. Mercury Marine and Gone Fishing Marine. For boaters who settle for nothing but the best, go boldly with Mercury. If you spend more time telling the one that got away stories instead of showing off giant fish pictures, get to Fisherman's Warehouse and grab some Gamakatsu hooks. Gamakatsu has hundreds of hooks for every technique, and Fisherman's Warehouse has the full selection. Change to the world's sharpest hooks from Gamakatsu, improve your fish catching, and end the lost fish stories. Fisherman's Warehouse in Sacramento, Manteca, and Fairfield all carry a full selection of Gamakatsu hooks for every fishing application. Stop in today or shop online at Fisherman'sWarehouse.com. I can't wait to spend some quality time with my son fishing this year, teaching him about casting, how to choose bait, set the hook, and how to be safe on the water by always wearing a life jacket. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. And now, more California sportsmen with Zep Hendrickson. Hey, we're back in studio, and our, we've got a special guest this week from the California Department of Fish and Wildlife. Jay Rowan is joining us to talk about our fisheries and what's going on. We just talked about sturgeon fishing. You got all of that scoop going on. But there's so many other fisheries that we're in situations with, like salmon. Let's talk about salmon for a quick minute here. We know the salmon population is uh, returning out in the ocean right now. A lot of guys are tagging out there. A lot of guys are spotting it on the locators and everything. Uh, one of the things I have not heard is fish in the system, in the river systems. And I've got several guides that are up there reporting to me. And one of them called yesterday, and he hasn't seen a single fish upriver. Salmon are going to be coming around. We've planted them out there. We took them out into the ocean. We put them out into the ocean. They didn't follow their natural, following their home stream and going on out. They were trucked around. Do they have a hard time finding home? Um you know, it depends on the, the location, the hatch, if it, we're talking hatchery fish, um, it depends on the hatchery that they are, um, hatched at and what the release practices were. Um, some hatcheries have, you know, we know at Coleman, which is typically the fish that you would start seeing around this time of year, the early arriving fish. We know if they truck those fish, 
they stray at incredibly high rate, over 90%. Feather River, we truck fish, you're down around 9, 10, 14. American River, right there, first right turn, it's even less, right? right? Those fish, if we truck them, they don't stray very much. McCallamy, they have a really hard time finding it. we got Delta Cross Channel gates opening and closing. Those fish stray a lot. So, you know, it really depends on which facility you're talking about and which hatchery is doing it's the It's almost releases. like which fishery do we want to save? Do we want to save the... Uh, ocean fishery or do we want to make sure we have a river fishery also yeah and the river fisheries you know we know what we can do to boost ocean production right we can put fish in net pens we can truck fish to the ocean um it's fairly easy to boost ocean fisheries some of yeah. the stuff that's happening at mccallamy river hatchery for example um that's part of the commercial salmon trollers um funds right those those funds that they do to actually pay us to grow fish we put those fish out in the ocean and net pens, they do great. They return at a really high level out in the ocean. Getting fish to come back inland is a much more difficult prospect um, due to some of the, the challenges of water. Well, we all know that uh, salmon are basically returning year-round now. We've got fish coming in probably every month of the year. Mm-hmm. But my big question is, and Zach just lit it up over here for me, what are the hatcheries reporting? I've got guides that are out there looking at locators, seeing nothing. What are the hatcheries seeing come into the hatchery? Yeah, so it's still too early. None of our um, the hatcheries that the department runs, Feather River Hatchery, Nimbus Hatchery, McCollum River Hatchery, yeah, Merced Col- River Coleman Hatchery. Coleman is a federal hatchery. Yeah. It's run yeah, by the Fed. Yeah, it's run by the Fed. So we're not seeing anything yet. All of our hatcheries are... Um, Shouldn't we be seeing something by now? No, they typically don't open the gates yet to start spawning. Um, we'll start opening... F- the gates up in in October and into November. Is anybody so we'll going down checking fishing. gates to see if there's any knocking on the door yet? Yeah, so there's people out um, looking, but we don't have, you know, since there's no fishery this year, a lot of the early season reports we get um, are coming from fisheries, right? They're coming from the ocean fishery. They're coming from the inland fisheries. So that's where we get a lot of that early season reporting and data is actually from anglers. And since the, the season's closed, we don't have that early season sort of um, – reports that are coming in yet well we're keeping our fingers crossed and i'm I'm sure that the hatcheries are doing something tremendous this year i understand there's going to be a i can't use that term let's just say a load of uh, fry going out this year yeah so over the last three or four years we've been slowly ramping up Um, during the drought we released an extra 2.5 million fish smolts Um, those fish were all trucked um and then last year we released a million fry from the uh, from Nimbus Hatchery. Uh, we're looking at doing something similar, um, and we're working with the feds and we're working with um, National Marine Fisheries Service. The challenging part with fry is when they go out, they're not marked, um, and that really messes with all the ocean harvest models. So having these unmarked fish out there can actually make it more difficult to predict what's going on in the ocean sure, fisheries. Sure. So we're trying to figure out a way to, there is a way to monitor these fish. It's called parental-based tagging. So basically we take a sample of the parents and then we know when these fish come back where they came from. We know they came from either a hatchery or from a natural origin. Um, the difficult thing is that it's really expensive. It's hard. We're basically trying well, to build an entire new monitoring program in the valley. Nose tagging was the way to go for so long. I imagine it still is. Yeah. So, but it is an expensive operation. Yeah, coated wire tagging is a fairly expensive operation. When Every- Chuck Bonham took over, I interviewed Chuck Bonham for the position as director, mm-hmm. and when he took over, the situation. Uh, I'm losing it here. I got to figure out how to word this right. Let's not even go there because I've lost my train of thought on it, and I'll pull it right back in here in a second. Um, we need to get into stripers. Sure. 
Sturgeon is certainly the most important. But, you know, the real money is made in rockfish for all of our guides, I believe. And I think that the striper is one of those species that holds us together in the delta that seems to always be there for us. But as we talked earlier, the average fish has gone in the last 15, 20 years from about 9, 10, 11, 12 pounds down to 3.5 to 4 pounds for them. There's certainly some big ones out there, but fewer and far between. What are we doing to for the stripers? They're going to be talking about this at the commission meeting coming up. Are they looking at different slot limits on stripers, or is this still – and I, I apologize in advance – or is this still the Diane Feinstein, I want them wiped out of the Delta moves? No, definitely not. We we have a charge. It's in the Fishing Game Commission um, uh, policies that we manage striped bass. So – we were petitioned by NorCal Guides and Sportsmen to look at a slot limit, uh, 20 to 30 inch. So right now we're evaluating that. It happened several years ago. Um, we've been evaluating data. We're evaluating that particular slot limit that they proposed to us. Um, we're looking at the impacts that um, that may have to the actual fishery. Is this actually, this pr- slot limit as proposed, going to make more fish? Is it going to make bigger fish? So those are the things that we're looking at. We've been working with um, James and Mark Smith and NorCal Guides and Sportsmen's, um, going back and forth with their um, biologists that they've hired, and we're looking at what that slot limit could do, potentially some other options um, to help manage that fishery. Good. I just remembered what I was going to tell, ask you about, about salmon with Mr. Bonham. Um, when I interviewed him years ago, we talked about tagging, mm-hmm. nose tagging of fish. And I know it's expensive. We've had a lot of expenses related to salmon over the last few years. Can't we nose tag every one of them for a year or two? I know it's expensive, but look what we've spent. If we tagged them all, we'd know where everything was going. Yeah, so we don't actually need to tag every fish. Um, right now we do what's called constant fractional marking. What's the um, percentage? It's 25%, except for when we have very small release groups. So, for example, when we when we release fish out in the That's ocean. That's up because we used to do 10%. Yeah, so it's 25% now, and then you can use expansion factors, and you can get very good data using that. We don't need to tag everything at 100%. Um, but the challenge with fry releases that we were talking about is they're too small to tag with a coated wire tag. They have to be a minimum size because sure. they go through this big complex machine. Well, I, I and, watched it. They hold them by hand, stick them in there. And... Yeah, it's not even by hand now. It's all automated. It's Wonderful. a machine that does everything for it. You know, they're $1.5 million trailers, but it doesn't work for fry. So these fish are way too small to do that. So the only way to actually be able to figure out if we put fry in the river, do they come back? Does it actually work? The only way to figure that out is through what's called parental-based tagging, where we actually yeah. use genetics to figure out whether those fish um, were successful or not. Cool. Well, we talked about salmon, steelhead, a little bit about stripers, and uh, we're all concerned about what's going to be going on with the Fish and Game Commission coming up, uh, on especially with the striper and uh, salmon issues as well as sturgeon. But I have a sneaking suspicion that there's going to be a lot of conversations also about lakes, and we talked about this briefly some lakes that have sustained sufficient or significant drawdowns seem to be fishless right now. And I, by fishless, I mean the populations aren't there that should be. I'm not the world's greatest kokanee fisherman, but I know how to catch them. I have caught one kokanee in Lake Berryessa this year, and I should be catching 20, 30 a day right now. Yeah, so Lake Berryessa is an interesting one. We know that during significant drawdowns, right, when the lake's really low. Um, you were talking about it earlier. We lose that cold water pool. We start losing um, the thermocline, and you lose oxygen. 
kokanee are very, very dependent upon um, their filter feeders, right? So we need that plankton to go. And what happens when you start losing those, you just get these dead zones. Kokanee have no food, so they just don't make it. Yeah. So. Is there any method of working with the water agencies or the counties or whoever is control of the water? Is, is there ever a desire to work with them and say, hey, we need to pull water from here and here, not from here, taking out the thermocline in the lakes? They're wiping out thousands of dollars of income, hundreds of thousands when you start looking at it, and the entertainment value for people all over the Bay Area and Sacramento Valley. Yeah, so water's a difficult one in California, right? It's it's worth more than gold, right? Um, it's a our water system is a very complex, um, you know, the Sacramento San Joaquin system is the most complex water delivery system that the world's ever seen, hands down, no comparison, um, and it is governed by a set of really complex laws, case um, judge decisions, um, settlement agreements that have occurred over the last hundred years. So. Um, we are certainly out there advocating every single day. We have teams of people that are advocating for I've, water, and it's it's you know there's I've lots of other people advocating the for their water too. I've noticed that the only time agencies work together is when there's a problem. Wouldn't it be better for them to start working out those problems in advance so that they don't become problems? I mean, I think we need to be more proactive in everything that we're doing now. This world is changing fast, as we all see. And the way California is going right now, we've lost a lot of fisheries or opportunities at fisheries, and we're not adding a whole lot more. And that's why I'm excited that you're in here wanting to share with the listeners and to give us some ideas of the direction and where we're going with all of this. The dissolved oxygen content in Berryessa is one thing, but there's numerous lakes that this can happen to, New Malonis and some of the others where there's these massive drawdowns. The rainbows aren't really available at Berryessa right now. The king salmon population, where the hell did it go? It was phenomenal. Eight, ten-pounders were being caught. Mm-hmm. Nobody's getting anything right now. Nobody's fishing Berryessa. The warm water species, wide open. Yep. Crappie, bluegill, sunfish, bass, everything. And they're just going nuts. So it's obviously something that drastically impacted cold water fisheries. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we know in Berryessa that's what happens when the reservoir gets drawn down. Um the flip side of that is, you know, you get places like New Malonis and others where we have these long, prolonged drawdowns. Um, you get a lot of productivity that's happening up on the banks. Then when they flood up, you get all that stuff that's coming into the water. And now you're seeing these fish at Malonis and other these places. You got big fish right now. And yes. it's because we had these prolonged drawdowns and all of a sudden the reservoir flooded up and you got lots of nutrients in the water. So there is kind of a, a double-edged sword, but... You know, it's it's difficult. It's we are certainly out there working with and advocating for water for all fish species, but there's a lot of people that rely on water in this state. Well, my next question for you is what are we doing for the fishery that we don't talk about in California anymore? Steelhead. Are there any efforts to get it rolling again like it used to in the old days? I mean, we used to have great steelhead fishing here. We'd get done catching our salmon on the Sacramento River, move up a couple of riffles and Bang some steelhead and let them go because we appreciated them so much. Yeah, so, yeah, I kind of agree. Steelhead have kind of been a little bit, they've taken a backseat to some of the other fisheries, especially, um, you know, with everything that's going on going on in salmon and, you know, sturgeon and striped bass and all these the, other one things. One of the best returns is the American River steelhead action that we see down there. Phenomenal fish come up to, came up there. Yeah. And we're not seeing that as much anymore. Yeah, so, you know, the, these fish are... Um, 
you know, their experience, they've experienced some pretty harsh conditions, right? The drought has really impacted all of our fisheries, but steelhead especially, all of our cold water fish have been really impacted by the last two droughts that we had. What kind of recovery period does it take for lakes to recover from situations like this, from the massive drawdowns and supporting our rivers and supporting the fish? Yeah, it's really dependent on the on the water um, and, and which, which reservoir, which lake we're talking about. Um, it can happen right away, right? When we get big rains like this, you know, a lot of these fish are on three-year cycles. You get a good cycle, you can get replenishment really fast if you have enough adults to actually come in and spawn and, and replace those, those fish. So, you know, it's really dependent on which location you're talking about. Well, there's a lot of locations out there, and I'm gl- what I'm really glad to see is your willingness to come here and share with our listeners, to inform the public right from the horse's mouth, so to speak, as we see these situations and we hear people saying they can't do that, they can't do that, and Kent and I have been dealing with that line for years. Yes, they can, and they will do it if you don't speak your mind. You need to tell them what you would like to see. Everyone needs to share what they would like to see so that they can have a decision that's made that is thoughtful and all-inclusive. And I know it's probably the most difficult thing to do. Water, water, water. We've got a good water situation right now. I wonder how long it's going to take us to get back into that drought situation again. But if we all work together on this, we wouldn't have this issue, and I don't understand why. With water being so important, like gold in California, why everyone isn't working together to maximize the opportunities that it gives us. That's that's the frustrating part to me. And I know you just can't throw fish in lakes. That's not the answer. You can't throw fish into rivers. And we're doing that with salmon right now, and we're trying to recover. If the fall run or summer run, whatever they call it, the early fall, if that run diminishes, are they going to ever make that a uh, endangered species and shut down water flows and everything else, or are they just going to kick that ball down the road? It's certainly possible. Um you know, we have received one cease the petition for to list fall, fall run. Um, it did not pass sufficiency review from the commission, but it doesn't mean somebody else won't try to list that species. Um, you know, we just have to wait and see. That's that's one of the things we're trying to prevent. That's one of the reasons we're doing all these this work with hatcheries. We're looking at fry releases. We're looking at exactly. that's increasing production, you know, all these other things. We're trying to prevent that, that fish from, you know, so we can still have commercial fisheries, ocean fisheries, inland fisheries for that fish. I'm looking him in the eye, folks. I believe what he's telling you, and you should too. This is straight up from the California Department of Fish and Wildlife, the chief of fisheries for the state of California, Mr. Jay Rowan. Jay, I hope you'll join us again in the future. We've got lots to talk about, and it was a pleasure having you in the studio today. Yeah, thanks, Supper. Appreciate the time. I appreciate you being here and spending time with us. Mr. Brown, I'd like to thank you for lining all that up. And uh, it's about time for Get a Clue. Where's Marilyn? It's, it's actually not time for Get a no. Clue. If you'd read your notes, Sep, it's actually time for the Gun Owners of California no, giveaway. No, it's our actually friends... right after that. <laughs> Here, you read the day. No, I don't know how to read. I've forgotten how to read right now. Get a Clues first, and then Gun Owners of California. Get a Clue. 
Get a Clue is brought to you by Guns, Fishing, and Other Stuff in Vacaville, your one-stop destination for everything for the great outdoors. The next time you're heading along the Highway 80 corridor, either west to the bay for stripers, sturgeon, or halibut, or east to your favorite lake or place to hunt, stop by the number one fishing and hunting destination just off the freeway, Guns, Fishing, and Other Stuff in Vacaville. Whether you're looking for firearms, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, or the latest rods and reels from the top manufacturers, tackle, fishing gear, or bait, you can be sure that guns, fishing, and other stuff will have it in stock. And now, here's today's Get a Clue. Hi, this is Marilyn. Summer weather always tosses out surprises, and this year's no exception. We've had the big heat to deal with, and now we get clouds in the hills, and then we get thunder and lightning. What does this do to the average troller? One thing, be aware of your surroundings. If you feel a change in the wind, see clouds forming and ripples on the water, Check how far away the launch ramp is and kind of start heading that way. You don't want to be trolling when the thunder starts. A few years ago, we were trolling at Pardee, paying little attention to forming clouds. Then in the middle of Sepp's comment about, Don't worry, we're okay, storms don't fold here, a bolt of lightning hit a tree on the shoreline next to us. We packed up our stuff and full-throttled it back to the launch ramp. Don't assume you'll make it. Get off the water. Get a clue. Take care of yourself. Stay safe till next week. You've driven past it for the last time. Now discover California's sportsman store that has it all at the right price. Guns, fishing, and other stuff in Vacaville. The first floor is dedicated to fishing and hunting gear, attire, and ammunition. But upstairs, it's a shooter's dream come true. With all the top shotguns, rifles, pistols, gear, and accessories you'll ever need, including an indoor shooting range to hone your skills. Make guns, fishing, and other stuff your outdoors destination of choice. Just off Highway 80 at the Alamo Exit, Ackerville. Stop by soon or check them out on the web at gunsfishing.com. Get a clue. And now, more California sportsmen with Seth Hendrickson. Hey, Seth, you want to give the gun owners of California gun away for this week? No, but you can give it away because I didn't win again. Uh, well, if you want to personally fight to pr- protect your Second Amendment rights from all the gun grabbers at the Capitol, it's easy. Go to Gunners of California's website and click on the Legislative Action Center. You'll see all the bills that are being considered and keep you up to date on everything they're doing to fight for your Second Amendment right. And one way to support them is joining or attending their crab feeder tri-tip dinner uh, coming up October 28th at uh, the Ulates Community Center in Vacaville. That would be Ulates. Whatever. And uh, you should have read this then if you know this so well. <laughs> I live there. Exactly right. And uh, since they're bringing uh, that dinner right down to Sepp's driveway for him to get him there that night, you'll be able to meet him at that uh, that dinner as well. But make sure you get your tickets. Winner 33 of the 2023 Gun Owners of California, 52 guns, 52 weeks raffle. Ticket 724, Betsy Carlson. Betsy, uh, you've got a Savage A17 semi-auto rifle and 17 HMR. Nobody's sending you down to Shooter's Pro Shop in Roseville or Guns Fishing and other stuff in Vacaville to do all the proper paperwork. Gun Owners of California is in their 48th year of fighting for your gun rights as America's oldest pro-gun political action committee. Thank you, Mr. Brown. Maybe I'll win next week. Don't get your hopes up, Seth. Probably not. You know what's Not happened? if I'm reading it, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate it, Kent. I appreciate it very much. What yeah. are we going to do now? Um, oh, I don't know. I don't have your notes. We got a quick break right here, and then we come back with Travis Morgan from Guns Fishing and Other Stuff right after this quick break. Y'all stick around. You're going to get hooked. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. 
Founded in 1958, Daiwa is considered to be one of the best rod and reel manufacturers in the world. And Fisherman's Warehouse Mega Stores stock the entire line of Daiwa products. That's why seasoned anglers select Daiwa's popular precision casting reels with and without built-in line counters. The Lexa 100 is perfect for trout and salmon trollers. And the Lexa 300 is top choice when trolling stripers and other large game fish. Whether trolling for your favorite game fish or searching the depths for your next trophy catch, Daiwa has the perfect reel. See the entire lineup from Daiwa at all Fisherman's Warehouse mega stores in Sacramento, Manteca, and Fairfield. Don't miss a single show. California Sportsman and Ultimate Bass are now live streaming audio at seps.com and ultimatebassradio.com. Listen to the show whenever or wherever you want on iTunes or any platform you get your podcasts. Ultimate Bass at 5 a.m. and California Sportsman from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. All a part of Seps Saturday Morning Outdoors. California Sportsman and Ultimate Bass, Saturday mornings from 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. and on iTunes. Now there's there's no no reason to miss a single show. I can't wait to spend some quality time with my son fishing this year, teaching him about casting, how to choose baits, set the hook, and how to be safe on the water by always wearing a life jacket. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Since 1952, Scotty has been recognized for product excellence, and their entire line of downriggers and accessories is unmatched in performance and dependability. With full-size and compact models available for both freshwater and saltwater, Scotty has downrigger for every on-the-water need. Scotty Downriggers, isn't it time you joined the Scotty team? Ready to shop at a well-stocked hunting, fishing, and outdoor store? Guns, fishing, and other stuff in Vacaville has everything you need for the great outdoors. Hunting and fishing gear, guns and ammo, and plenty of camo for you hunters. They're loaded with fishing gear and all the accessories and outdoor apparel for the entire family. And now, here's the guy that hears it all over the counter with General Manager Travis Morgan. Good morning, Mr. Morgan. Good morning, gentlemen. How's it going? I'm doing well. So you shot yourself an ATV, huh? Well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> he was on a deer hunt, deer hunt last side. weekend, and I sent him a note. I said, uh, hope you have a good report on the big deer you shot. And he goes, the only thing I lost was a UTV. Really? Yep. Oh, I yeah, know we laid it over. <laughs> That'll teach you to go too yep. fast around the corner, won't it? Hey, guy, if deer season wasn't enough for you. Hey, did I tell him I was also the tracker off-road rep? <laughs> no. <laughs> Give me a call, Travis. Oh, I got to call you. <laughs> Tra- Travis, dove season's around yep. the corner. A little easier to hit with a shotgun than a deer. A little easier to find. They seem to be everywhere in our neck of the woods in Vacaville right now. Yeah, they're out plentiful. It's just get, question of getting uh, permission to hunt on people's property. And best place to hunt down here is them orchards, of course. We got them everywhere. Yeah, there's a lot yeah, of orchards. We got some here. And then you get, also, you get, watch out if you get some of them uh, Eurasians. There's no limit on them big dogs. And you could, so, don't have to shoot them with a shotgun. You can shoot them with a pellet gun if you wanted to. The Eurasians, mm-hmm. not the local birds. You got to shoot them with a shotgun. That's right. The Eurasian does. Now, that, the that, morning that, does you still held it? Uh, I think it's fifteen. And they've got fifteen. <laughs> you can tell the difference between the two because the Eurasian dove is about twice the size of the morning dove, and it sounds like it's barking instead of making a nice little lovely sound. Travis shooting them is uh, one of those things where most guys shoot six to eight rounds to get one dove. That's getting to be an expensive hobby, isn't it? Yeah, it is, but, you know, uh, we got lucked out, and I just got a pallet of number seven steel shot in, and 
is fourteen ninety nine a box. I ain't seen none any better out there. And we got a whole pallet just for dove season. Well, you, I hope you have other things. And that is a steel price, no question about it. Ever steel, obviously, steel rounds. Travis, <laughs> there's a lot more to dove hunting than just having the right gun and having the right gauge and having plenty of ammo. There's, there's all yep. kinds of other things that are important, like the ice chest, comfortable chairs, yep. some camo cloth, <laughs> a place to put your cell phone, you know, cold drinks. All of those things are essentials. When you're out dove, or at least they were for me when I grew up in Vacaville. Well, they were, they, they are, and we have ice chests in the store, and we got nice, comfortable chairs so you can fall asleep until the doves show up. And we got uh, shell carriers and everything at the store. Oh, uh, and if a shotgun happens to mess up on you, and you need to know when we got those two. So you well, come down and pick up some there. And if you haven't and, shot with decoys around you, folks, you haven't been dove hunting. They will come in to decoys. I've got a barbed wire fence in the back of my property. I line up about six or eight of them across the fence just randomly, a couple of them closer than the others. And then I sit on the other side of a camo curtain. The police actually showed up looking for the guy that was shooting out there one day, totally legal, me, <laughs> and couldn't even see me looking right at me. So I, yep. I was pretty hidden, and that's one of the keys to dove hunting. If they see motion or movement down there, they're going to bolt on you as they're coming in. Yeah, well, I like uh, I don't I I don't use the ones like you use. I use the voodoo dove and put him out there, and he's got them flapping wings, and they come right to him from twenty miles away. It seems like and make a beeline right for that dove, and they get in range, and it lights out. I think I'm going to have about to, three or four of them. I think I better come down there and get a couple of those little devils because they're a lot of fun. All I got to do is talk one neighbor into letting me shoot, and uh, I don't think I'll have any trouble with that because I'm yep. well more than 150 yards from the other buildings. Well, Travis, dove season's always exciting, but the crazy thing about dove season is one week after it, nobody cares about it anymore. That's right. Opening day is the big deal, and that's this next. It's on a Friday this year, and opening day in that weekend, everybody be out shooting and wanting more, and then after that, it's done. That's right. If we ever get a cold snap, it's done. Well, you know, yeah, every uh, year uh, there's a cold snap right before it, and it doesn't look like we're going to have one this year. So we might be no, pretty. It doesn't. We might be pretty lucky with the weather to going the way it is. Travis Morgan yeah, at Gunsfish. Yeah, usually... Go ahead. <laughs> usually you're right. We have a real cold snap just about three days before the season opens, and and a dove left in the country. I know. It's either that yeah. or a rain will do it every single time. But there's too many yeah. of them out here right now, and they're nesting and doing everything else. So it's all happening. Travis, get back to work. Travis Morgan with Guns Fishing <laughs> and other stuff. My good friend, I will see you soon. See you guys later. Come on the store and check everything out. Thanks you, a lot. You got it, partner. Take care. Quick break right now. If we come back, we've got a lot more coming your way. Oh, we don't have to take a break here. Son of a gun. Let's Go ahead and play the clothes then. You know, Sep's just got to get used to this. fishing and other stuff. You'll find everything you need and more on the shelves of their two big stores in Vacaville at 197 Butcher Road and in Dublin at 6705 Amador Plaza. Don't miss the deals at Guns Fishing and Other Stuff and be sure to check them out on the web at gunsfishing.com. And now, more California sportsmen with Sepp Hendrickson. Hey, we're back, and I'm going straight to the man himself from Big Nate's Guide Service. We're hooking up with Nate Kelsch, talking about some fishing lakes around Northern California. Good morning, Nate. Hey, good morning, fellas. So what are you up to today? You're out with what with your twins? 
Yeah, we're uh, we're doing a picture day and a little soccer tournament type deal. Oh, sounds like fun out there today. Not fishing, but uh, you've been doing your share lately. Tell our listeners about your little trip with your friend Vogel up around Berryessa. I have. Um, unfortunately, we uh, well, it is what it is. But we went out to Berryessa just on a little scouting trip. We had some trips uh, booked out there this week, and uh, we went out there looking for some kings, some trout, some kokanee. And uh, unfortunately, we got none of them. Uh, nothing chrome came on the boat. We rolled bait. We ran dodgers with hoochies, tip with anchovy. We ran spoons. We fished from Markley Cove all the way up to Pewter Creek. Um, we fished the whole entire lake, and uh, and we got nothing but bass. We got big bass. We got a lot of them, up to about five pounds, but we got no salmon. I probably marked six or seven king salmon all day. Um, we marked no kokanee schools and uh, we got no trout. So, I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was just real unfortunate. Um, not what I wanted to find, but you know, it just is what it is. Yeah. Those big trout that we had up there from the uh, California Inland Fisheries Foundation pens have uh, apparently uh, disappeared or slowed way down too. The uh, I always wonder about the hatchery programs, how much they're adding to it now that they've shifted the, emphasis to a lot more kokanee and a lot more of the king salmon so that's something we'll dig into down the line there but uh the rainbow trout that they've been having up there the eagle lake strain that is sterile that's put into most of our lakes now uh fast growing fish and a hell of a fighter isn't it they are they are they cut great they fight good um you know they're, they're just a great fish for uh for our lakes um but you know it's it's weird that you know just a month and a half ago we we're catching all the salmon, all the trout that uh, that we wanted, and now, um, I mean, it's like it's like they just up and disappeared. Well, we're gonna, uh, the, we'll keep digging around out there and see what we can scrape out of it, but uh, it's kind of disheartening. It is, it is. You know, um, the first half of the lake, all the way up to Big Island, is very stained. Um, it almost looks like there's an algae bloom that's still occurring. I know there was one that happened about two weeks ago, three weeks ago. But usually that clears up by now with wind or, you know, or the temperatures. But I'm telling you, the the watercolor is really dingy. It's it's uh, it's just it's 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 some nasty looking water. Um, well, we got some past, we've got Island. some we've got some wind coming this week, so maybe that'll start taking care of things. It'll be coming from the southwest, blowing to the north, and that might help clear things up. Well, I'll tell you, I hope so. Um, I'm gonna be out there. I'm I'm gonna go once a week. Um, up until something changes. Um, I mean, it's just, so something's got to give with this lake. Well, you've been uh, running gotta, around, you've been running around to Pardee, New Maloney's, Comanche, Bullard's Bar. They're all putting out. So you have lots of options and that's a positive thing for certain. I'm telling you, they're all kicking out great fish. They're kicking out a lot of kokanee limits are the rule. Um, Comanche's kicking out good trout where we're getting limits there early every day. You know, so they're, they're, thank God that there's uh, there's other fisheries that are really, really doing well right now. Absolutely. Well, Nate, give them the hookup information for Big Nate's Guide Service. They can find out more, book a trip with you, and get out there and share in the action in one of the productive waters you fish. Absolutely. Thanks, Seth. Guys, you can check me out at Big Nate's Guide Service on Facebook. You can shoot me a ring at 916-860-9180. Um, Fishing's great at multiple lakes. We're uh, we're cruising around. Just tell me what you want to catch. 
We'll uh, we'll figure we'll figure out uh, we'll figure out the lake for him. We'll get you out there and put you on some fish. He'll get you onto the best bite that's going out there, folks. Or at least he'll be steering you that direction, unless you'd rather go someplace else. That's the way it works. Nate, thanks for hooking up with us. We always appreciate it. Give him that phone number one more time. It is nine one six eight six zero nine one eight zero. All right. Have a good day with your family out there. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Nate Kelsch with Big Nate's Guide Service. Well, Mr. Brown, where are you going fishing? I don't know if I'm going this weekend. You know, I did go last weekend. I ran, ran around the upper Sacramento River. I think I talked to you when I was on the water. You did. Yeah, you, was... you were also doing some Wednesday nights at Folsom. Well, yeah, we didn't we didn't pull that off this week. Uh, there's people had other plans for my schedule. Ah. Um, yeah. So, but uh, family. Yeah, just just in general. Just never let the family get in the way. Just in general, but no, it's it was it was fun to get back out on the on the upper sack. You know, we can't launch at Verona anymore. Obviously, that's been closed down. Uh, but uh, but ran up stuff the ranger in the water at night's landing last week and ran down river ran up river a little way it's just it's, or not uh, yeah it was a long time I haven't been over there in a, in a while river super high a lot of water coming down but it was uh, it was fun a lot of brackish coming in it's a little dirty a lot of and the the all the right cr- off the all, fields well yeah all the all the sloughs are running really dirty. Yeah. You know, from Ridge Cut to the Sutter Bypass. You go over there sometimes, you got clear water down one side, and you see that cut over yeah. there at the launch ramp, and it's just dumping. Well, you got the high water right now running upstream, so that didn't help either. You know, so yeah. the, when the sloughs are running the wrong direction with cold water, it kind of shuts those green fish off. Well, I saw your clear lake. Ross was out there uh, bragging about yeah. it. Yeah, it's been pretty good. There was one almost 10 weight in there Wednesday nighter. Nice. Yeah, Very so nice. still a few big fish starting to show over there. Well, let's check in with our good friend, Mr. Dave Hurley. The editor of Western Outdoor News is live with us right now. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Have you been listening to anything we've been chatting about around here? I have, and I'm really impressed that uh, Jay Rowan was willing to uh, – be transparent and uh, and uh, talk. I think that's really important, I, and I'm really congratulations to you guys for getting that interview. Hey, he's a good man. He seems like he's one of us, so uh, we'll see where it goes. He's one of us, and well, he's one of them at the same time. Yeah, well, he's got a tough job. There's no question about it, but the fact that he's willing to be able to come out and talk, and he doesn't have the answers for everything, but uh, I, I sense that they're they're trying to make a difference with their hands tied behind their back in many cases, you know, because we all know what the real reason is, and that's water. I was really glad to hear you talk about steelhead, Seth, because that is something that has been overlooked a lot, you know, and you think about it, every river, you know, I mean, here in the 1920s, we had this incredible steelhead run down in the uh, Lompoc area, and then it's just gone progressively north, and if you look at the Russian River now, it's been devastated for steelhead as well. So all of these things, these trends that we're seeing, hopefully we can reverse just part of it. So thank you for doing that. That was excellent. Steelhead's important. Why do I have an Oregon fishing license? Why do I have well, an Oregon hunting license? I've lived in this state all my life. Why do I have that? So I can go catch steelhead. That's why. The exactly. only reason, one of the most exciting fish to catch in the water, period. Oh, oh. no question. I, I was in the Olympic Peninsula this week working uh, with teachers up there, and, uh, you know, that's still one of the destinations. Now, unfortunately, California people have to head all the way up there to the Olympic Peninsula to go steelhead fishing uh, on those rivers that are there, the Queets, the Ho, the Solduck, um, and 
I hate to see that trend continue, you know, where we have to leave the state to be able to catch species that we want to catch. Well, hunters have been doing it for years, and it's just a a natural progression when you get a population like ours. In order to handle the population, handle the growth, and everything else, it's extremely difficult. You know, they tell us that we don't have enough power, but yet they're opening up warehouses all over. Gee, I wonder who's supplying their power to them. I wonder who's supplying the water to them if they're telling me to cut back and not water my lawns. So there's not a lot of rational thought going out there. There's just a lot of thought sometimes. That's a good point about the hunters. Getting back to fishing, you know, Lake Tahoe has been outstanding for kokanee, numbers and quality. Uh, you know, we've got that really clear water up there, and I think that uh, J.D. Ritchie's just been knocking the heck out of him up there. He's been having a blast with the kokanee that are there. And, and he's, uh, he tom- comments on the fact that they're small, 12 to 13s, or four, up to 14 inches, but they're plentiful. He's spanking them up there, man. They're jumping on the boat. It's great, and uh, the thing about those, they cut so beautifully. I mean, that's just, you know, uh, I think they're probably the tastiest fish around because we see the kokanee turning in the other lakes now. I mean, they're Bullard's Bar. They're plentiful, but they are now starting to turn. Uh, New Maloney's, they're huge at New Maloney's, over three pounds, but they're not as many, and you really have to be on your game to catch them there. Uh, Bucks Lake is still kicking out kokanee. Uh, You know, the really disappointing one this year has been shaver. Favor has not been happening, and they have a derby up there in a couple weeks, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I think they're really going to struggle. You know, these lakes go through these cycles. It's just hard to see the rhyme or reason of what's going on with them as far as kokanee. So uh, Uh, I think I think if we have crappy kokanee fishing at some lakes, I think we probably had drawdowns that impacted it. But more of our lakes are not drawn down to excessive levels like that. There are some that are, but like Oroville, like Shasta, but those are huge impoundments of water, and they're not going to have that drastic of an impact on the fish. No, and you know, uh, speaking of uh, of of king salmon, actually the. Uh, Folsom actually kicked out a couple of king salmon this week, and it has been very slow after having that phenomenal year last year. But uh, the guys that are experienced, guys like Kevin Fogel, are starting to catch some fish there, and that's kind of a good sign. Lake's uh, finally has- dropping. Lake's finally dropping. It starts dropping. It positions the bait, puts them on outside structure, puts them in know, the regular places on the, on the points near the river channels, and that's now those guys are starting to catch them. And the guys that are catching the kings are weaving between the mounds. You mm-hmm. can bet on yeah, that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, they're showing pictures of their electronics, and you know, there's a lot that's of bait down deep. Excellent point, Kent. I know you know that lake like the a, back of your head. A little bit, yeah. I've got a little bit of time on it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, no, so that's been kicking them out. Uh, Almanor still is kicking out really nice browns and rainbows. And one thing guys are doing at uh, New Melodies now is they're, they're fishing under the lights at night and just knocking out the heck out of some big rainbows. Yeah. That seems like fun way to fish more great opportunities for you guys to get out there and jump on them you might want to be careful on the big drawdown lakes but if you hear us talking about a good bite going on you can bet that it's taking place or you can read about it in western outdoor news you got like 10 seconds to tell them how they can get a subscription dave w-o-n-e-w-s.com check it out and uh, october 13th on the caldon one's doing its first charter up here so hopefully we'll see you there all right Dave, thanks for hooking up with us. We'll talk to you soon. Folks, you can always go to Western Outdoor News for some great info. I'm going to plan on getting up to Berryessa next week, probably the second half of the week, 
get up there and uh, putt around. My brother's got himself a new-to-him boat, and we're going to take it out and buzz it around. Mr. Brown, I'm sure you'll be putting someplace. Maybe. And I get these two guys over here, Captain Zach Medinas and our good friend Ricky Acosta from Feed They'll be drinking Frenzy cocktails guys. and eating clam chowder they'll and be, scomas. They'll be coming in at 1130 <laughs> in the morning if they wish. That's for sure. I want to thank everybody for coming in today, and I'd really like to thank the Department of Fish and Wildlife's Chief of Fisheries, Jay Rowan, for joining us today. Thank you so much, sir. And you guys, thank you for coming in, too, our two captains. Till next week, this is Seb. Tight lines, everybody. We'd like to know what you'd like to hear on California Sportsman and Ultimate Bass. For more information on fishing and hunting, guided trips, and more, visit us on the Internet at seps.com. California Sportsman and Ultimate Bass, productions of Seps Outdoors Incorporated, leading the way in outdoor entertainment. Join, Join us, us next, next week from, from 5 to 8 a.m. for another Seps Saturday, Saturday Morning, morning outdoors. outdoors.